From the humble beginnings of South St. Louis to broadcasting around the world, Right Time Media gives to you the right lane. Sup now, motherfucker. Yeah, bitches. Told you motherfuckers what time it was. Yeah, bitches. On that 55 track, baby. Yeah, bitches. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Right Lane. I'm Danny, and today I'm joined by, not Austin, I'm joined by my boy Dan Bergdorf. How you doing today, Dan? Doing great. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. You know why you're here instead of Austin, man? Because this hillbilly Hoosier motherfucker had to go see a guy about a ting, uh, trailer for camping and shit, I guess. I don't know, hunting or some shit. Uh, I texted him. I was like, don't forget, 7 o'clock. He's like, uh, what? Wait, huh? And I was like, yeah, I told you about it the other day. You knew. Why didn't you tell me all day? I got to go meet a ting guy about a camper. I was like, you son of a bitch, man. But no worries. Uh, I appreciate you for stepping up and helping me out because tonight we have a, uh, it's another guest that makes me nervous. Like, I, uh, I don't know why I even have these people on. They make me nervous all the time. Uh, like, many of the people are, may not be familiar with his name from St. Louis, uh, maybe even not his face, but you are no doubt definitely familiar with his work, especially if you're from the St. Louis MMA scene. He has created and produced numerous audio and video podcasts, filmed podcasts, Broadcast on Facebook Live, filmed and edited interviewed segments for YouTube, written numerous articles for online publications, formerly a live content creator for the fight promotion Shamrock FC. He is the brand manager for Buddy's, Buddy's Rolled Ice Cream. He is a live content creator for Nemesis Fighting Alliance and uh, current creator of Knuckle Junkies Live, as well as the online editor for Knuckle Junkies MMA, Matt Frazier. Man, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Wow, that was that was. That's, you made me sound a lot more important than I am. Well, <laughs> that's literally, that's not even all, really like all you do, too, either. That was just some of the stuff that I had sli- st- taken from here and there. That's a lot of stuff that you've been involved with and still currently are, man. Uh, how did you go about getting involved? Because obviously, you have to have a passion for both things. Because editing, as I can attest to firsthand, sucks. <laughs> so you kind of got to have to have a passion for doing the behind-the-scenes stuff as well as, like, MMA. So how did you come about doing all that? Well, I, I like to create, like... An, I like to make content, and uh, I've been working with uh, Knuckle Junkies. We we started in like 2011, um, and uh, I'm pretty good at kind of latching on to someone, kind of like learning their tricks and kind of leeching their abilities. You know, <laughs> um, so I, I guess you know I've been an MMA fan since like late 90s. Uh, a friend of mine, she brought over the early UFCs, and we would watch the VH te- VHS tapes yeah. when they had VHS tapes. You go back a long way then. Long way. And, you know, we kind of got into the mixed martial arts, and, I, you know, I did karate as a kid because everybody was doing karate because the Karate Kid movie. Yep. You know, everyone was kung fu fighting. So, um, <laughs> But, I, you know, I was really big into, like, the early UFCs, when the, and it, it was kind of brutal because there was no rules. You could get punched in the balls. You could pull somebody's hair. You know, it was pretty, pretty rough. And then... You know, I went to college and I kind of took a break, and then I sort of kind of got back into it. And you know, like the Matt Hughes era, you know, kind of the the Tito and Chuck. I was really big on Tito and Chuck. Those guys were awesome when they were like just dominating. Which one did you like better? You had to be a fan of, of more than one than one than the other. Even though Tito carried the organization when nobody was watching, like he was the one that kept it alive for a long time. Yeah, Tito was definitely the bigger personality. But Chuck was Chuck the one was that the he's the one that carried it into the next yeah. era, though. Like Tito kept it alive and afloat when nobody was really doing anything, and then Chuck carried it into the next era. And I like Randy, so they, oh, <laughs> yeah, know, Randy was like the kind of the antithesis of both of those guys. Like he was no frills, Mr. Calm, cool. He didn't yeah. have yeah. 
and didn't have no tattoo or, or his head wasn't shaved into a uh, spike or anything like that. But I remember because everybody knew Tito, and then they had uh, Chuck and Tito on the uh, best damn sports show ever, yeah. whatever it was. And I didn't know who Chuck Liddell was, and it was before their first fight. And uh, th- in the interview, you could see that Chuck had him rattled, and the way that like he talked, he was like, "I know he's not gonna stand with me, Tito. Don't be lying." And when he t- when he said that, Tito kind of like stumbled and paused, looked over his words and stuff, and I was like, "Oh man, I have to watch this." Because I don't know who this guy is, but I know that he's going to probably whoop Tito's ass now. Or Tito's a little nervous about it. And sure enough, he went out and did that. But, yeah, I kind of got back into uh, – and, and I was downloading the you know the pay-per-views and kind of watching and studying, like, Sure Dog and Who Beat Who and all that stuff. And then Chuck went over to Japan to fight for Pride. And I kind of got introduced to Pride for the first time. And I fell way down the rabbit hole for Pride. Yeah. Man. Pride was amazing. Those uh, those big tournaments, the Grand Prix and the New Year's Eve shows. So I was like such a nerd. Like I never missed an event. Pride, UFC. I was really I was actually a bigger fan of Pride until they kind of tapered off there. A lot of the older school guys, like uh, that have been watching for ten, fifteen years. That's what they say too. I wasn't though. I didn't start. I watched the very last Pride show live or not. Yeah, the pay per view or whatever. The very last one they had when Dan Henderson knocked out uh, Vanderlei. But before then, I had heard about it, and I had seen clips here, and I don't remember how I seen him because it wasn't – maybe it was YouTube still at the time. It wasn't a real big thing that uh, Pride – like video editing or video yeah. being out there wasn't. But I had seen a few of them. But because of the uh, – I thought the announcer was cool because you couldn't understand what he was saying. He was so loud. But I've always been a UFC guy from, from 93 on, even, even though I didn't watch it religiously until probably – Oh four, I started watching again religiously. There was a lot of shady stuff with Pride, you know, people oh, the, uh, getting paid to not maybe not necessarily bring their best, but man, Rampage and Vandalay back in their their prime, Crocop and his prime, man. the slam, yeah, the slams of Rampage and the yeah. kick of Crocop, the highlights you always seen and stuff. Uh, what is the, what's the uh, chi- the the gang over there? Yeah, Yuguma, the Yakuza, y- the Yakuza, yeah, they yeah. had been talked about. They had made fights, stuff like that. Like yeah. it, they treated it like almost like a WWE. But there was gambling on it, so. So, in Japan, they kind of blur the line between pro wrestling and, and mixed martial arts. So, they have they would have like hybrid shows and and a lot of, a lot of like Japanese pro wrestling. A lot of people like Japanese pro wrestling because it's very stiff and it's yep. almost like a scripted MMA match. You know, it's still pro wrestling, but um, and you know there was a lot of crossover between pro wrestling or like the Pride guys and the New Japan pro wrestling guys, but. Yeah, I was a huge Pride fan. It's just like just an MMA nerd, you know. So when I was working for the Post Dispatch, I met Brett and Chris and Scott, and we were all kind of, you know, kind of wa- we'd get together and watch some of the events and stuff. And then I attended a show. It was Fight Me MMA. Remember yes, I do. Before, yeah, Fight Hard. And Lance Benoist fought yeah. on that show. We're cousins. Are you? <laughs> we're like their cousins <laughs> or something like that. I just always throw that out there. <laughs> People don't know a lot about Lance because he kind of was in the early days before UFC yeah. really blew up. But that guy is a stone cold killer. Lance like, is a bad motherfucker. That's why I throw it out there. We're cousins. <laughs> <laughs> he got signed to the UFC back when. It was oh fuck. He was six and zero, oh, and that's unheard of. But he was like six and zero, oh, six first round submissions or something crazy and, like that. And people don't understand this either. Uh, and it, I would say that this is a little right, right before I even got into it. The only people who fought MMA like in 08, 07, 09, those are the guys who were like legit. Mm-hmm. Like they they were tough as nails. They weren't just somebody that thought it was cool. The fat or the wave that was coming in, they were bad motherfuckers. Like you, Cain Velasquez. There was people who came to St. Louis and fought on cards that were just unbelievable. Kotor and them were on cards here, shit. It, it, so Lance's 6-0 was a lot more legitimate than some other people's. 
records at, like at the time or a little later. I mean, he kind of uh, he kind of made that jump right as we we started Knuckle Junkies. So Knuckle Junkies was me and Brett. Brett was like he'd covered uh, high school sports for like fifteen years, so he's like legit journalist. Um, Chris was a graphic designer for the paper and amazing some of the logos and designs and stuff like that. And then Scott was a photographer and also a graphic designer. And I, I didn't really have any practical skills other than I was like an MMA nerd. And I kind of learned to write under the, the tutelage of Brett. You know, he would, he would show me and help me edit my content and like that. So I kind of, you know, I got pretty good at it after doing it for about eight, eight years, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just started Knuckle Junkies because there was nobody really talking about the local scene. And what we found um, was there's a lot of gems and there's a lot of events. And, like, when we first started in, in like, late 2011, um, there were – I would go to a show on Friday night, go to a show on Saturday night. Yeah. And then the next weekend, I'd go to a show on Saturday. There would be four or five events a month. Yes. And it was – and they were great. And I miss those days. I'm kind of nostalgic for, like, the old – uh, you, I know you've been there. The, yeah. uh, the Proving Ground shows at South Broadway, those oh. were like gang warfare. You had <laughs> – occasionally it would evolve into some it, it, extracurricular activities. Those are called Southside Fights, baby. <laughs> uh, those are definitely – it was my favorite place to fight at or you go to shows at. and Because uh, – not because of history or like, like MMA history or anything like that because they had smoked in the place and it was so rugged and dirty and south. It was such a Southside place. They used to have uh, the Southside Wrestling back in the day there. And stuff like that. Like, I went there as a kid to watch Southside Wrestling on Broad- the Broadway Athletic Club. Uh, I loved it because it was, the epi- it was the epitome of who we were, like what we thought we were and anything like that. Well, we, would, we went one weekend was when we very first started. We went to Family Arena, and we covered a, a Fight Me, Fight Hard show. Yep. And there were like 8,000 people, legit 8,000 people, you know. And they weren't really fans. They were just there because they got free tickets. Yeah. And, and they, you know, back in the early days, they really put on some good shows. Like Justin Lawrence was on those shows. Yeah. You know, um, really, they had really good fights. Um, and then the next night, we went to South Broadway, and that was like the hardcore fans that were really into, uh, you know, supporting their fighter or supporting their team. And you know, everyone was decked out in like the team shirts, and you know, like the the South fight Southside Fight Club guys would always come out like. 10, 12 feet. <laughs> you know, it was like the Gracie train. They would always come out, you know. Mobbed up. Because that's like, because Mike is, uh, I mean, I will forever be grateful, thankful, and indebted to Mike Green. Not only because, like, like what he's done for my family and stuff, like, help my pops out and shit like that. Mike's a South Sider. But he's like, he made it cool again to be from South St. Louis. Like, he yeah. was the, fir- the first one to ever push that South Side shit on any f- social media platform. And Mike ran with it, owned it, put it on shirts, got a fucking... A, dojo down there and stuff and everybody just kind of gravitated to that so i'm forever grateful and thankful for mike for that and stuff uh but it, there was a little bit of that like there was a kids who trained and fought there but it was everybody would come out and walk the aisle with the fam like their family and their friends and yeah. stuff like that so that that's why it seems so much bigger and it was one of those uh like gang type of mentalities like we're from the south side man this is our neighborhood what the fuck are you gonna do about it he, so, he had a cool place there next to that microbrewery yes um it was kind of had to go down Dungeon. into it and yeah, it had a cool vibe. I went there for like an afternoon practice or a noon pra- lunch practice, yep. and there was a lot of guys in there just you know mess messing around, like training hard. And it was like those guys were. You had a partnership with Burger too, so yeah. there was a lot of switch over back and forth. But those were the days, man. I can't. Uh, I wish I could tell kids now because I'm 41 years old. Uh, it even if you're not like you're not going to the UFC or your goals aren't that big, your aspirations aren't really anything other than I just want to fight on a weekend. You should take full advantage of it while you can because you'll look back and be like, damn. 
I would not that I wish I could have done more with it. I just wish I could relive it all over again because it was some of the coolest time in my life, dude. You thought you were fucking a rock star and stuff. You'd go to bars and people buy you drinks and want to know all talk all about you and stuff like that. It was super cool. But yeah, there was like maybe like six promotions in town. There was Jim Jenkins. There was Fight Hard, Shamrock, Nemesis was doing shows. The uh, Proving Eric, Grounds. Eric Clarkson was doing shows. Yep. Gateway Fight League down in uh, DeSoto. DeSoto. Yeah. So, you know, there was lots of events, and then there was lots of gyms. And then, you know, slowly as we, we followed the sport, um, you know, UFC came in. I think UFC being on TV every week or being on free TV kind of killed the local MMA just because the promoters couldn't sell the tickets to the shows because tickets are 40 50 bucks, you know, and that's kind of – Some of them are 75 now. Yeah. And then, I don't know, it's, it's one of those sports where – it's what? brutal. So you have to really be passionate about it to show up every week to to, to like people like Lance Benoist. They had a, a goal. I, like I wanted to go as far as this will take me. I think that when it blew, when it blew up, there wasn't a lot of that. There was like guys like me who uh, enjoyed a Friday night fight. Like I, I like to fight. Uh, I'm not doing it for the. I did it for free and without anybody being there. So at high school and all over the place. So it's not like I had to do it for that. But I enjoy the fight. So. That only is only going to sustain be sustained for so long, mm-hmm. and then it is kind of watered down because there's a event every every time you turn on TV on almost any channel, pretty much. If it's, even if it's not an event, it's a replay of something and stuff. So it does kind of get watered down a little bit, and that and everybody thinks they know everything now too. Yeah, because like everybody's uh, a <laughs> the greatest uh, couch fucking fighter in the history of MMA and stuff. It, it's watered down, and also I don't know it. I, I to quote. Or to paraphrase uh, Forrest Griffin's book, you know, I don't know if you ever read that. I'm not. It's amazing if you get a chance to read it. But he was like, it takes a special kind of psycho to see a sign that says, come get punched in the face. And you raise your hand like, hey, where do I sign up? You know, because. But what he and uh, Forrest Griffin, I don't I don't believe that the UFC and this is like the UFC doesn't give him and Stefan Bonner enough credit because like Dana White did for a little bit. But those guys are like the like maybe another event would have happened. Another fight would have happened that did that. But I remember, because I watched that whole season. Yeah, me too. Do you remember how they got eliminated early in the show? Yes. How? I do not remember. <laughs> so I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to put I, you on the spot like yeah. that, Dan. But no, they, it was like a regular fucking, uh, a real, like they, they, did, they lost competitions. And if you lost the competition, yeah, no. you got booted from the show. Or whatever, or? No, no, you didn't even fight. You oh, they fight. did like the real world. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, more yeah. reality. And yes, reality. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And if you lost the competition, they booted you off. And then the last four guys or whatever is who fought for whatever. But... That fight that those two fought to, for the belt for the uh, right to a hundred thousand dollars, whatever, was j- it was the, the it was a south side fight. They just went in there and sl- slanged. The oh yeah, other, and yeah. just kept going. It was one of the best fights, the most the best untechnical fight I've ever seen is what I think it was. But the ratings they say from round one to round three was just through the roof. Yeah, like expanded Sky, their audience exponentially. Yes, and they got everybody way. talking and stuff. So that that alone, I think, is the actual trigger for the reason the MMA blew up the way it did. Well, they really did a great job casting that first season, too. I mean, there was guys on that show like Koscheck and Diego Sanchez and just, like, so many, like... Chris Lieben, got to shout him out. Chris Lieben, <laughs> yeah. So many talented dudes on that show. Do you, I don't think people, like, understand that from uh, on this side of things because I, 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 I don't think I got ever thought about that until you just said it, though. Like, do you think they obviously actually picked these guys from... Yeah from certain gyms or certain fighters and stuff. But I would be a more, little more interested to see, like, their thought press, pr- their thought process for how they did it. It was probably a lot of Jill Silva's, like, you know, guys that are, he's got his eye on. He probably, like, you know, these guys aren't quite ready, but these guys are. Yeah, and, I, and there's probably also a lot of TV people, you know, because I know uh, Zach Freeman 
he made it to like the last cut. Oh, on, I didn't know that on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, he he should have been on there. Um, but a lot of it is personality and a lot of you know how you interact with like the producers and stuff. My first uh, introduction to Zach Freeman, I think he was four and zero as an amateur, and he fought this guy. And uh, I believe it was an interview I seen on YouTube, and the guy was talking about how they were supposed to fight twice. And Zach had to pull out for an injury of some sort or whatever the case may be. And the guy ended up losing both of those fights to the replacement. And he was pissed. And he'd be undefeated if it wasn't for Zach. Uh, and he was going to whoop Zach's ass and fuck him up. All this other crazy shit. They go out there. And, I, man, I don't think it was 10 seconds into the first round. Elbows? No, he hit him with a right hand. I think the dude just folded from stand-up. Like, 10 seconds into the first round. And I'll never forget that because of how big a deal the guy made about He's the, Zach's the reason that he wasn't undefeated no more. <laughs> Zach's like American Psycho. Like he, yeah, he truly is. You know, very professional, very you know, clean cut, and the Aaron Pico fight oof, gave the guy three fighters to pick from, mm-hmm. and he they picked <laughs> Mike's guy on like that's who they picked and chose like because uh, Aaron Pico was this this rising star in Bellator. Uh, he was supposed Pan to be, Am like wrestling champion and yeah, like, like he was gonna be the next big thing. So uh, he had a fight, and they had, they had a, he fell out, and they had a replacement. So they let him choose. Who do you want to fight? And he's, these are the three uh, fighters in their fight camp. And he picked Zach Freeman out of uh, St. Charles MMA. Zach choked, like, I think hit him with an overhand right. Yeah. And then choked him out with a guillotine. Choked him out, yeah. First round. And then uh, recently that same thing happened where they let them pick the replacement, and they picked Rogers Jim again. <laughs> and the same shit happened. I wish I could remember who's – I don't remember the actual fight that was, though. Julius or I, so yeah, I think it might have been Julius. I, you just gotta stop picking that gym if you're anybody going to Bellator because obviously you know them by now. Yeah. So uh, when did you decide that? Uh, like, or let me rephrase that. What does? Because I, I want to know about your job a little bit because it seems like your job is fairly similar to kind of what you do now, like the branding, uh, image branding, and stuff like that. So I think you pulled up my LinkedIn. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> That's my. So I have a day job. I work for the hospital and I do IT. Okay. Um, and. I've always had kind of – I've always done graphic design. always, you know – I actually had a minor in, in college in graphic design. So I've always liked to create and create graphics. And I was, you know, on the Europe staff in high school and all that stuff like that. But, you know, I uh, that's actually my kind of per, my creative resume. It's not really my actual resume. Right. You know? So, you know, I, I worked IT for 20 years. So I'm, a, I'm just an IT Okay. Nerd, so is that why you like being behind – because you're, uh, you're behind the scenes a lot more. Cause yeah. Is that, how come you don't want to be get out in front of it more? I don't know. I'm not really good in, out out in front. <laughs> oh, I, I think you, you. Yeah, you are. You. Uh, I was at uh, who did we just have on? Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. But I, I talked to uh, Brad and Marlene, and they had they, they had mentioned it in passing, but it wasn't anything. But Jimmy Johnson was like Matt Frazier. He does behind the scenes stuff, and he does a lot of stuff. He knows a lot of stuff. You should probably talk to him. And I was like, that sounds like we should have him on the show. Is what we should do. Jeremy's awesome. Jeremy's one of those guys when he comes in your sphere of influence, he kind of makes you feel like a lazy piece of crap. <laughs> and, and not that he. No, that is so true. You gotta elevate your game to be able to like hang out, hang out with him. And Jeremy's awesome. He's got so many side <laughs> hustles, and he he's made me in the last you know couple of years since we've been working together. You know, try to elevate my game and, and do more, and you know, and not waste my time. And he he is involved in a lot of stuff yeah. and does a lot of things. Man, he's an exceptional individual, uh, which is why I was so thankful that he came on. And if he rec- if, if he talks about somebody and recommends somebody, you know you have to you should speak to them. Is probably and that's how this came. I I already knew who you, I had known who you were because of the fight yeah, game we, and stuff like that. We've been like in that. the same circles and we know the same people. Yeah, we've never we, sat down and really. We, no, we kind of did the same thing that I did with uh, Jordan Downey. Oh, uh, but I'd known him for 12, 12, 12 years. I'd seen him and we had never 
had one conversation at the fights or anything like that, and that's kind of how we were. So I was like, I killed two birds with one stone. I get to have an expert on the show and uh, learn a little bit of knowledge and stuff like that. Uh, you guys want to play Squared Up? Yeah, you don't get a choice. We're already here now. <laughs> we're going to take a break real quick. And today's Squared Up is brought to you by Halsey Roofing. For all your gutter, siding, and roofing needs, call Halsey Roofing. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! For a round of Squared Up with Matt Frazier and Dan Bergdorf. <laughs> what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Ooh, man, I don't know. I eat escargot, which is like snails. Oh, uh, I've had it. Love it. Cruise. It's like eating like snot. It's not. <laughs> I thought it tastes kind of like mushrooms. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. That's disgusting. That doesn't even sa- Eating snot, you thought it tastes like mushroom? What kind of mushrooms? Like, like the- a fried mushroom, like a little ball, yeah. you know? But with the juice on stuff all over it still? Yeah. That's yeah. disgusting. It's like covered in butter, so. Yeah. Oh. It, it, yeah. Can't, it can't be too bad. <laughs> it was like cereal. You ate the butter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is the most absurd thing you have been tricked into or tricked somebody into? I, you've got to have a fucking fuck ton of stories of these. That I've been tricked into? Or tricked somebody else into. That's why I went both ways with this, because people don't want to be like, well, I tricked this kid into one time. I, we didn't trick this kid into one time, but we kind of, well, we did trick him into licking dirt off of Bo's shoe, because he lost a, he lost <laughs> a one. I'm sure, I'm sure it was dirt. It was dirt. He, he lost a one-on-one basketball game to Bo, except uh, we cheated three times at the end and called fouls on, there wasn't even there. We didn't call a foul like all day long, and then we called a foul three times at the end when he scored on Bo. <laughs> It's classic playground basketball. Yeah, player. nobody wanted to be that big of a douchebag and answer that one. So <laughs> I guess we'll move on to the next one. What musical instrument has the funniest sound? Have you familiar with the, uh, I can't think of the name of it. You move your hands around and it makes. Yes, I can't think of the LARP? name. Is it a LARP? Uh, no, it's, oh, it's it, a multi-syllable word, I think. Yeah. Something Graham or something yeah, like that. It, but what you, movie was it in? You move your hands and it makes really weird like Star a, Trek sounds. Like a, yeah, what movie was it in? I don't know. Oh fuck! They were just—it was in a movie. I know exactly. They just wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 I know awesome. exactly what it is. Hey, Danny, look that up. Oh, which of these two smells is the best—the fresh-cut grass or bread baking in the oven? I'm going grass. I'm going bread. I don't remember the smell of bread in the oven, so I'm gonna have to go grass. Grass smells good. You know, it's the grass screaming though, for crying for help. Yeah. Yeah, but with bread, you know, you're gonna get to eat that bread. That's true too. That's a good point. I'm still going to go with grass. Cause <laughs> grass has that summer. It smells yeah, like summer. windows down. It smells like summer. Yep. Uh, what is your favorite Disney cartoon movie of all time? There's only one correct answer to this, by the way. Robin Hood. Ooh, that's incorrect, but we'll, we'll hear that. Go ahead. What? I can't think of Disney cartoon movies. The greatest Disney cartoon, Lion King. That's pretty good. Even though they stole it from the Japanese. <laughs> uh, almost. Did you see, Have you seen the original? I have not. It is a complete knockoff of a Japanese uh, animation. Best Disney song. Oh, the Lion King one about the uh, Hakuna Matata. Yeah, that's the. I'll take that. That's I gotta go with. Uh, dang it! I dr- we'll make a man out of you from the. Uh, make a man. Oh, that sounds like a woman sings that. Make a man out of you. It's the <laughs> like a Dolly Parton voice. They, they remade it recently as live action. It was the the Chinese. Uh, Mulan. Mulan. Yes. Mul- what is, it, what, is that the actual name of the movie? Mulan's the name of the movie. Yeah. It's not Mulan Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a different, that's a different one. one. That dog upstairs. God damn it. Ah. Uh, what is the worst color? I don't know, maybe brown. Like poop brown. Gotta train the kids. I can't train the dog, but I train the kids. 
<laughs> He's gonna go upstairs and get the dog right now. When you're uh, when you're a parent and you see poop brown, it's, it's oh <laughs> yeah, bad times. What's the worst color? Like a shit green. It's the same. Those are similar. Yeah. Those are yeah. They because there's very cro- a lot of crossover between those two and stuff. Yeah. All the way up their back and around their yeah, yeah around their shoulders. We've all had that like split pea soup looking. How many times have you been heartbroken? Good two or three. Yeah. I can think of one in particular that I'm heartbroken from, and it's, it has cost me a lifetime of relationship that I'm never going to have anymore. Uh, it was Wayne Gretzky and the Blues. Uh, <laughs> when, he tur- when he turned the puck over at the red line, I, it was so tough. I quit watching Blues hockey religiously at that moment in time and have never watched again. I cried. I was made my, a promise to myself I'm never going to cry again over the Blues, and I didn't cry again until the parade on the Stanley Cup. <laughs> that, that's a true story. All of that is. I've only cried once for the Blues, and that's when uh, Brett Hall's number got lifted up there. That made you cry? Absolutely. Not the Stanley Cup? No. Not the Wayne Gretzky turning the puck over? Mm-mm. Brett Hall. To the fucking with Red Wings again. with his dad, arm around his dad, while his, the number one. Have you ever met him? No. Fucking coolest dude. We did a job at his house, and two things I immediately was taken aback by. It was 1030 in the morning, and he was lit. <laughs> and, and he's like this tall. Really? It really? Super short dude. But he's such, he was such a nice guy. Like, had, like, I'm showing him where the light stat is on the tent and stuff. And not that he gave two fucks about it or anything, but he, he, wanted to, he acted like he was involved in what, and cared and stuff. He all smiles. Okay, if he lined back-to-back with Daniel Connor, who's taller? He not, he's not much taller than O'Connor. Really? Wow. Yeah, he's, he's, not, a, he's not a big dude. And he's not a flyweight either. No, no, he's the round guy, yeah. <laughs> I, and then one time I'm down on the landing when there was still bars down there, and I see this big dude getting briefcases, suitcases out of the back of a uh, – a fucking cab and i was like hey man anybody ever told you you look like tony twist <laughs> and he was like i might have heard that once or twice and the way he said it i was like oh shit you are tony twist aren't you and he like like stands all the way up then and he is a fucking monster of a man he was so imposing and he's like hey nice to meet you i'm tony twist uh, you are too oh my god it's tony <laughs> twist and i fanboyed the fuck out i went and grabbed people and shit i'm sure he fucking did not like that at all what is the first thing you do after getting home from a trip? I don't know. Pull my shoes and socks off. Yeah. Hit the couch. Yeah. You, nobody unpacks? No. I don't unpack does, for a solid two to three days after. Does anyone home. unpack when they get home first thing? Like my the wife first psychopath. Your wife does? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're not wrong. Right. <laughs> 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 I was going to say something about my wife, and I better stop. <laughs> Only one of us need to get in trouble tonight after that one. Oh. What is the first thing you would spend money on if you if you won the lottery? Ooh. Property. Yeah. Figure that is house. not the first thing. Land. You're, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to splurge. Now, I'm probably going to hire a legal team. Yeah. I, I believe that with you. Team. I believe that with you. Financial advisor for yeah. sure. You're not. You're going to go splurge real quick I'm, on some I'm on some s- easies or a new I don't know. I'm sober now. I don't another think those, boat. Those you might not be sober after that. <laughs> You know the uh, the two happiest days for a boat owner are, right? Yeah, the day you buy it and the day you sell it. You know what boat stands for, don't you? What's that? Bust out another thousand. <laughs> That's compliments of Pawn Stars. <laughs> me and my brother just got one. So. I know. I can't wait to be on it. Pontoon or? Pontoon, yeah. Nice. We're putting it in uh, this weekend. Awesome. What is the one ability you believe everyone should have? Humbleness. Fuck. I was going to say empathy. I'm screwed on the humbleness, but the empathy I got down. <laughs> uh, what famous person would you want to trade lives with? Ooh. Maybe Elon. I want to go to space. And all them, <laughs> and all them threesomes too. 
Must not forget about the threesomes. <laughs> Elon is like one of the most brilliant. I mean, he's on another level. He's like LeBron James, like of intelligence. Yes. Has the worst taste in women and makes the worst choices when it comes to his love life. <laughs> like did, he dated Amber Heard for her like a hot minute. Did he pay for her? He didn't. He didn't pay for that threesome. I don't know. I didn't read that anywhere. I read or listen to it anywhere. I just thought it automatically though that he paid for the threesome somehow. It's I, nobody finds that funny or anything. Amber Heard like shit in the bed. John, he paid her to have a threesome with him. Okay, I guess not. <laughs> My bad. What famous person would you switch lives with? I I don't know. It's tough because uh, there's only a couple of answers that are like. I mean, I accept. You ever, watch, you ever watch "Fuck That's Delicious" with Action Bronson? I have not. Oh, it's fantastic. Bronson and Alchemist and Mayhem. These guys, they just go travel the world and just eat cuisine. I'd want to. I'd want to do that. I can respect that. I, I would have probably said Anthony Bourdain up until the point where he decided. To, <laughs> <laughs> or up until the point where the Clintons had enough of listening to him or something. <laughs> uh, I'm probably trading with Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. If there was anybody, yeah, like he's had the who's who of Hollywood and stuff and yeah. been in all, all kinds of great movies. Is Wolf of Wall Street not the greatest movie ever made? I've never seen it. <sighs> that is probably his best movie. Do you think it's really good because of the acting in the movie or the fact that it's so closely based on an actual real life like events and stuff? Like I was reading some on some things where, uh, like a good portion of that movie is like one hundred percent accurate. Yeah, yeah. He does well, interviews. Jordan Belfort does. Yeah, interviews. he's, he's like, on TikTok. Yeah, but Fuck. it's it's one of those like you're you're rooting for him early. It's like the underdog, you know. He comes from nothing, and then it's some of the funniest stuff. There's a scene where he has these slow acting quaaludes, <laughs> and he finds out that his partner's talking to the FBI, but he's completely comatose on quaaludes and he has to get to his car and it's one of the f- have you seen this so i haven't seen the movie either oh, but man. i know i know the scene and I'm, uh, i haven't seen the movie but i know this much about the scene is that he takes the quaaludes and when he, you see the front of the house there's only like four stairs <laughs> but when he goes and falls down the stairs it's like a hundred stairs because yeah. that's what it feels like to him what, what what exactly are quaaludes what family do they belong in opiates i think i think like it's a like a tranquilizer yeah. yeah hmm that's weird we used to play this game on uh the computer that you sold drugs uh, and I played that. Yeah, and Quaaludes were one of the big things on that, and I was I still always wondered what they were. I think it's like a '70s, '80s thing. I don't, yeah, think I don't know it's if they make them popular anymore. anymore. I wonder if you can get them. St- no, I'm just playing, guys. <laughs> Call a guy. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick one of the Kardashians, which one would you date? And uh, we don't have to go with why. Which one would you date? Probably Kendall Jenner. Kendall. Chloe. That's the middle. That's the oldest one, the right? Tall one, yeah. No, the oldest one. What's the oldest one? Courtney. That's the one I want. Uh, yeah, Courtney's the fucking. She's actually a bad bitch. So you got two sneaker guys here. Um, the Kardashians are like the first family of sneakers because uh, <laughs> one of them's married to Travis Scott, who is like one of the biggest Nike collab guys. I didn't know that. And the other one was married. Kim was married to Kanye, who is like the godfather of sneakers. And you know, he, the two of them in that family, like the whole family. Have like just um, unbelievable collections of sneakers. He collabs with the Nike on shoes. Travis Scott. Yeah. Oh yeah, and his tr- his collabs sell out like instantly. Like hmm. the, and the resale value on those like spike. So like the some of them shoes are just fucking ridiculous. Like they like there's uh, obviously they're supposed to make a shoe for one guy and stuff like that. And somebody uh, Michael Jordan walked past somebody recently, or and he had he had on the shoes that they had made for some athlete or whatever. That were I think it was Kobe Bryant. They made it for Kobe Bryant. Somebody else was wearing them and they shit like PEs. that. PEs. They're like personal edition. They're like yeah. only that guy gets a pair. But you're you would really hate the Travis Scott collection because he does the backward swoosh. <laughs> so if you ever see like a pair of Nikes with a backward swoosh, th- that's the. What uh, do you think one of those go for? I mean, depends on the pair. Like there's a the 
the the mocha pair was like fifteen hundred bucks, sixteen hundred bucks. If you wanted to buy, if you wanted to go out and buy it, that's how much that sneaker would cost you. And now, what it re- it retailed for like one fifty or one twenty. Let me ask you this though: in twenty years, man, twenty years might not forty years. You think there's going to be a, a market for those? For not and not just that single pair of shoes, but like shoes in general. Sneakers in general. I think so. Yeah. Um, there's a sneaker called the Pigeon Dunks. They're like sixty thousand. They sold they sold on Christie's auction house for sixty thousand um, dollars. I don't get it, guys. I'm sorry. I I just don't get it. Like, what's the what's the fucking what's the allure to it? That what like grab ne- grabs you or anything like that? What's the lure of NFTs? You're, you're, uh, you're I, buying JPEGs on. I think that's <laughs> I, when I fi- actually found out what that was. I think it's like dumb as shit. Yeah. They had an art. They had an art gallery of that the other day, mm-hmm. and somebody was like, "I just don't get it either." This is, and I think that it's eventually going to go. There's going to be no market for that. No, it's going to go that's away. That's going to die out for it, sure. It, I mean, but the sneakers you can wear. Right. Um, no, there's more to that. But yeah, and there's a culture, and like NBA, kind of fuels a lot of that because the guys are like PJ Tucker is like the biggest sneaker guy, and he's he has like insane collection. You know. No, I re- like uh, the Pawn Star people. Uh, Chubbs had a fucking insane clicker, sle- sneaker collection and stuff. I just have never gotten the the appeal to it or anything. Maybe because I was wearing XJ 900 in school. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I'm a graphic design nerd, so you know, I I really get into right. like, the colorways and like the different like, you know, I don't know. It's just it makes you feel good when you got like you everything matching. No, I, I feel yeah. that. I, I, cocaine and hookers make me feel good, but uh, <laughs> to, to each their own. That's, Those are all expensive. expensive. Yeah. <laughs> what is the craziest bet you've ever made? I'm not really a gambler. I, mean, I always play safe. <laughs> me neither. But you, you I mean you bet on yourself for uh, you went to college and took out a lo- student loans or something, or it doesn't have to be necessarily a bet. Like I, my wife made the craziest bet when she was like, "I'm going to marry this guy and everything's going to work out great." <laughs> Jokes on her. I, I, I bought five thousand dollars worth of stock and Beyond Meat because I thought everyone would be pushing that you know meatless burger, and at the time Burger King was like, and White Castle had like the meatless burgers and everything right. like that. And that stock has tanked so freaking hard. <laughs> That's the biggest bet for sure. Then, uh, you, you, you've got to have a couple hundred thousands of these. Yeah, but I never made a lot of money until just recently. So all my bets are like small, you know. So what's the craziest? It doesn't have to be a, a bet on a gambling or whatever. I, don't be, know, I went over twenty-four hours without eating one time. I'm gonna wow. say that the biggest bet you ever made was going in half on a boat with your brother. <laughs> that's the biggest. Well, here's kid. the thing, Danny. It's not my, my name's not attached to it. Oh, that's all. the smartest <laughs> thing. He really did that. Yes. Oh shit. I'm giving him Venmo payments once a month. That's Steve it. is slipping in his old age. <laughs> oh, yeah, I ain't no fool, buddy. <laughs> I figured he had done it the other way no, around. No, I said I'm not signing shit. <laughs> I, I've been to Vegas twice. And I have gambled a single penny. So not really a game. I went down the la- we got married in Vegas. The last night we were there, uh, like I, I put a dollar something in the slots while waiting on them throughout the week. But the last night we were there, I put a, I went to like Julie. I'm gonna go down and I'm gonna lose two hundred dollars. I think I was up like four hundred at one point because I don't I just penny it out. But two hundred dollars is all I bet the whole. We were there five days or six days, whatever it was. Uh, you would not have been able to do that at that time. I did see a guy come on the thing and uh, ten thousand dollars in like thirty seconds. He lost it. He had a marker for it. He was dressed worse than I dressed. Mm. And blue, t- like I'm like, what's this dude doing? And as soon as he walked away, the guy doing the roulette table was like, most people who bet like that don't have money like that and spun the wheel again and shit. I thought that was just like it was strange to me to see somebody go drop ten thousand dollars in one spin. That's crazy. And then I went to the casino with your brother. And then it made a little more sense. Oh man, I tw- <laughs> like he won one time like on a numbering hit, and I want to say that he won like eight grand, but he had taken chips off that number. And he wasn't happy 
Did he won the eight grand? No. He was mad that he didn't when win he, 12 or whatever. he took five chips off of it or whatever. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, Steve, you got a problem. So here's what I, <laughs> I was like. I just won 200 bucks. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Hey, that's, right. that's 50 more dollars. Right. He lost all his 12 grand in like 30 minutes, an hour and a half, maybe an hour. Maybe not even that long. And uh, then he just disappeared and I didn't see him no more. We should have him on the show sometime. I, I love <laughs> Vegas. Um, I would go every year if my wife would, would go with me. But um, it's just so many places to eat and do that, and the pool and the fact that you can fly out there and stay in like Caesar's Palace for like 50 bucks a night. Oh, oh wow. It's like it's insane. Caesar's was dope. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know if I would really – I liked it. It was just so much. It was yeah. so much stuff to, going on on the yeah, strip crazy. and shit. It, yeah, it was insane. I like the hustle. I, I did. Like I, I do like the people because it was like the uh, Chicago. The first time I went to Chicago, there was just thousands of people walking the streets. Mm-hmm. That was Vegas like that. It was You couldn't hardly walk. What's cool, too, if you're from the Midwest and you go to Vegas, you're like two hours ahead. So you get up at like 7 a.m. Vegas time. And there's nobody anywhere, and you're ready to go, so you can walk the streets, and then it's quiet, and there's nobody like. You I should know, probably have done that. Hassle, uh, <laughs> you know. I, I drank every night, so I didn't get to do that. We went to a club there, and I want to say the cover charge was like a hundred dollars. I could the the guy Maggie knew the the one of the girls we went with knew the the door guy. I don't know how, but she knew him, and he got us in for free and stuff. But the cover was a hundred dollars a person. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and then you got to buy. It's almost like a strip club. You got to buy so many drinks and shit like that too. And I didn't see no. The drinks are probably watered down, not watered down, but weak and. Oh, I I don't think no, I don't I don't think so. No, I. Had, I would hope not for a hundred dollar cover. No, I don't think they were at all. I think Vegas was everything that you had thought it was when I went. Yeah, like, there's there's two or three different versions of Vegas. There's like the kind of the family friendly areas. There's like the old downtown area, which is for like the serious gamblers. And there's kind of like the CD. Maybe I, when I talk when I try to talk my wife into going back, I'll tell her about the family part of Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> What is the most addictive game to play or watch? Ooh, man. I've gone through some some video game phases. Mm-hmm. Um, my current video game addiction would be FIFA, the soccer game. Like, I'm big into that. And that's gambling because you can buy, like, the the loot boxes in that game. Oh, for real? Yeah, I try to not let my wife know about that. <laughs> <laughs> we, want, we can edit that for you, too, if she listens. <laughs> I didn't know that you could gamble on that stuff. Yeah, all pretty much all games now they have some kind of gamble, and they target kids like they younger and younger, like Roblox and those all the games like that, where you you get like you win like a lo- a treasure a box and yeah. unlock it for two dollars and, and fifty it. cents. Yeah, like huh. Counter Strike does it on PC. So that's what Dylan's been spending my money on. You can unlock a case for two dollars and fifty cents, and if you win a a uh, uh, super rare weapon skin. You can sell it for like seventy, eighty, hundred dollars. That is gambling. Yeah, it's a hundred percent gambling. Right. I never even. Th- them kids have been getting over on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so what happens when you when you're older, older, and you got money? Now you yeah, got you a can gambling it. Yeah, you know. three a.m. and you're still opening cases. Like, what Man, the fuck? I gotta get one. You, you should be. You're not. You're younger, but you should, it, gambling used to be like a really frowned upon thing. Like, I can remember driving over to Illinois once a month because they didn't sell lottery tickets in Missouri and shit. And now it's so prevalent everywhere. It's at every gas station. Do you know that uh, to get that's I'm pretty sure that's still illegal, though. Yeah, I don't know how they're getting past it. It's at the car. I was at the car wash up top yeah. the other day. It was, there's two of them sitting in They're there. still saying it's for fun, though. Yeah. yeah if but I hit, you're paying me, though. <laughs> We're not having fun. If <laughs> <laughs> so we do those Nemesis shows at the Arnold Eagles Hall. Mm-hmm. And I'm not real familiar with the whole culture around those, those like, Eagles Halls or Knights of Columbus and like that. But down in the bottom of the Eagles Hall, they have, like, 
basically slot machines. Yeah. There. And I'm like, how is this legal? That's what we're talking about. At yeah. the, the gas yeah, stations around here, yeah. they have them. And Bars they, have them. They try to say that they're for fun. Entertainment purposes only. Yeah, but they're actually, like, people are getting paid and losing their money on it and shit from what, what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, which, and it just used to be such, you know, the casinos still have to be on water in Missouri. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a moat go, that goes underneath uh, River City and stuff like that. So my cousin uh, does, like, he worked for, a, he's got a small business now, but he used to work for um, CSI, I think it is, which that he, one of his clients was, like, the Harris Casino. And apparently the pumps that regulate the water stopped. So they had, like, an eight foot difference they started noticing all the sidewalks were cracking and they couldn't figure out why it was because the the pumps that regulated the uh the barge right. kept it like level with the ground like stopped working so that it started filling up the water and it was crazy so he he, he was calling telling me about this like, that is that is interesting i i want to see how that works because they said you can walk underneath i don't know if walking underneath there's a smart thing to do but they said you can go underneath there and check it all out and stuff i don't know if we're able to but however it was built and stuff like that it's still passageways yeah, and shit those Casinos are high security. There's right. <laughs> you start poking around underneath the. I mean, hey, hey, Bob, you mind if I go look underneath here? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the worst TV advertisement you've ever seen? Recently, that one where uh, if your dick looked like a carrot, have you seen that? No, I, they're showing bent carrots on the TV. <laughs> I'm sitting next to my seven year old daughter trying to explain to her. The f- <laughs> 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 so fucked up. I was like, come on, man. We're just trying to watch Dora or something, you know? The <laughs> bent carrot just shows up on my TV, and it's like, if yours looks like this, there's a pill you could take. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I swear to God. I can't See, believe- oh, you just said you don't watch TV. So. No, but I, like growing up, though, like um, nudity wasn't it? Like my dad, we had Playboys, a stack of Playboys right next to the toilet from the the youngest age. There was naked shit on, popped on TV. He never told us, like, close your eyes or. He never made it a big deal, so it wasn't like a big deal to my brother or I as we were going through our teenage years and shit. But everybody that ever came over to our house always thought it was like weird and shit. And I'm like, we get to Playboys once a month. We read, we read the whole thing. And you always get that joke, oh, I'm sure you do. You look at, obviously, you look at the pictures too, especially at 13 and 14. But you always just, like, it wasn't something that I ever thought until I had a daughter. Mm-hmm. And then I thought stuff like that was a way bigger deal, like to see suggestive shit more than anything else. Because it gets their mind moving and curiosity about shit. And I'm like, it's my fucking girl. Mm-hmm. My boys, though, I was like, it's kind of funny, ain't it? <laughs> and we keep it moving and shit. What's the weirdest commercial you've seen on advertisement? I'm trying to think. There's been some really bad ones lately. You know, I don't really watch commercials, though, because yeah. with DVR, it's <laughs> like you really don't. You just see the ones on online when you're trying to watch a YouTube video. What's the, what's the best one? You've, what's the best advertisement you've ever seen of all time? Don't, and Nike, we'll take Nike, just do it out of, the, out of this conversation. Like one of my favorites is the Sprite. Uh, we used to because it even got turned into a dunk. Or when you yeah. get, would get blocked by the rim, you call oh you got Sprited and stuff like that. That's one of my favorites I remember of all time. The Pringle one, I bet you can't eat just one. Or the it was Lay's potato Lay's, chip. Yeah. I like the Mutombo one where he would like the, he was, the finger. Yeah. yeah, he would in the grocery aisle and he would swat <laughs> out of the car and wave his finger. That is a really good one too. Uh, what is your favorite zoo animal? I like anything, uh, the Arctic section, like polar bears, penguins. Fun fact, all polar bears are left-handed. How the hell do you know that? Well, because I know all kinds of things. Fun fact, polar bear's hair is not actually white. It is clear, and underneath that, it is black. Yeah. I like the big cats. Uh, I have a cat, and I've seen some of the crazy things that he can do, you know, as far as, like, jumping up on the counters. I can't imagine, like, a, you know, an 800-pound version of him, you know, just kind of You know, the fair, the, uh, 
the air show they have out at uh, Chesterfield every year or every other year now. Yeah. When they used to do it, they used to do it every year. And they had uh, an exhibit where it was a bunch of Bengal tigers and there was some white ones and there were some cougars in the exhibit with them. When I say it's an exhibit, it's like a cage on the ground that's as big as my house and shit. And we would get there early in the morning, so they were super active. And you would see, like, these two 800-pound cats just jump up in the air, like, literally eight feet of space in between them and the ground, just jump into each other and fall over, and they're just playing and shit. I've been a huge fan of the big cats ever since then. Uh, I do like the polar bears, though. You know, polar bears are, like, I mean, they got to be, like, the apex predator for North America, right? I mean, there's oh, no without a doubt, even for close. Sure. But, go ahead. But uh, my wife and I watched this show called Alone. It's a survival show where they're up. It's basically just one person there's like 10 of them and it's like last man standing whoever can last the longest one of them lasts like 100 days um, but it's just a guy with like six tools and they're out in the middle of nowhere but now they're this last season they're on polar bear territory and i'm like they're not gonna see a polar bear if they see a polar bear that's a dead contestant because well they, will not. they said the best thing you can do for a polar bear is take off your clothes because really? they have so high, they have such high adhd look how much shit i know about polar bear it's amazing it's if you start if you start throwing your clothes off they, they stop to smell it and play with it and fucking they forget all about you because they don't lose the smell of you. They can see up to six miles. Uh, they cover their nose when they're hunting because they're so white. It sticks out so prep. Man, I, I must have read this. Here's a, here's a little <laughs> tip that might save your Go life on. one day um, in regards to bra- bears. Yep. Um, if it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie down. And if it's white, good night. <laughs> there's, there's nothing you can do against a polar bear. Yeah, they, uh, they were just saying other than because they're so ADHD. There's a picture I saw going around the internet years ago. This guy that got mauled in the face by a polar bear, and, and he shot it with like some forty-four magnum he lived? or something. He lived. His face was gone. He survived. His had reconstructive surgery. You Google the picture. Nah, see, I'm cool on I'm cool on that because bears fuck you up, man. Have you seen Grizzly Man? No. It was a documentary about this guy who loved grizzly bears, and he was able to kind of like live among them. Oh, it, and until they decided to eat him ass first, and then that was. He, he was old. He lived uh, in the mountain somewhere because no, there was a guy on TV. It's illegal to feed the bears, mm-hmm. but uh, they were coming around his house. He was like in North Dakota or some shit like that, and they were coming, and they ended up fucking, ended up arresting the dude at some point or taking his land from him, but there used to be a bear that every year came to his house, and like, I'm talking like a big-ass black bear, like, and f- would fucking, he would play with it, he would fuck with his stick. There like, was some town that, like, tried to get rid of the government and live on their own, and the people there kept feeding bears. And eventually the bears took over the town. Well, that's what they do. <laughs> he didn't, but this man didn't, uh, he wasn't like feeding the bear, but the bear would like come and fuck his house up. But I guess he was feeding the bear. He was, cause he was able to play with it. Like he would literally play with this fucking bear. Like during, and when I say play with it, like he would take a stick and put it in the bear's mouth and he would sc- like shake it and shit like that. And they fucking kept telling him, though, stop feeding the bears. Oh, I'm not feeding the bears. But they ended up taking, I'm pretty sure they ended up taking his land and shit because of what he did is highly illegal. Well, those crazy Russians have like, they're nuts. Yeah, they're not. They're <laughs> on another plane. You know they're eventually gonna like there. take over the world, right? Even though there's only so few of them and they're broke right now. Because they, they have a <laughs> they have a greeting in Russian in Russian that uh it translates to English as uh life is hard. That's how they greet each other. Like, hey, how you doing? Life is hard. Who gives a fuck? We're gonna go get you. that is insane. Those people are fucking nuts, dude. What was your favorite childhood book? Ooh. I, I, I love the Shel Silverstein poem books. I don't know if you ever read those. The where the sidewalk ends yeah, and the light light in the attic and those those were that was like, and that was like middle school. What were they like about? They were just crazy poems. You know, Shel Silverstein was a he was a cartoonist for Playboy, and then he released his own like uh, like where the sidewalk ends and it right. was just like kind of a and I got really popular in like elementary school. That's cool. 
Yeah. You? Hatchet. Hatchet. Had to read it in like fourth grade. It was about some kid named Brian who was on a flight to see his father just in a little biplane or whatever over Canada. And the plane went down and he had to, the pilot died. He had to survive in the woods with just a hatchet by himself for like a month. Uh, uh, feel good story. Yeah. That, that takes me back. <laughs> he lived. Uh, do you think you could survive in the wilderness with just some tools and you for how long do you think you survive? Well, I grew up in the country, like country, country, where we had to go town to hunt that's kind of so like the manliest man in the room because <laughs> i'm no. fucking i'm gonna be struggling thir- <laughs> two days into that motherfucker like the I, biggest variable for me is the food source if there's fish i think i'm good but i don't like if, how, I, if i have to skin a, a week two weeks three weeks depends how many fish there are now you gotta go find them but we're, well, gonna, we're, gonna, a, we're gonna drop you in montana lake. we're gonna drop you in montana really find a stock lake i think i'll be good for a while <laughs> <laughs> i'm i watch a lot of survival shows so i can Same here, yeah. i could watch probably make fire um and you, can, you think you can make fire without yeah and damn and purify water and i'd like to think i could i haven't tested you can do all that shit i went on a survival trip. we're gonna have to hang out because that's <laughs> fucking that shit's amazing if you can do that i like, went on a survival wow. trip uh when i was like in high school it was like a, a christian camp survival trip they took us out seven weeks or seven days uh with a backpack and then the, the last day was like you alone with God, and it was like you, you basically they deserted you, and it was up to you. So I made this really cool shelter, and I was asleep. And it, <laughs> uh, this motherfucker's chilling. And shit. Long story short, made a bungalow out in the woods. It started raining and it started flooding. I had no idea, so they're like trying to wake me up. Hey, dude, wake up! We got to get out of here. So we had to get our backpacks on and basically march out of this like low area because it, it was no. doing a flash flood. There's a lot of flash floods where I grew up, grew up down in Shannon County, so we had to. Uh, get out of out of there. I'm 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 amazed right now. I'm sorry. I, I can't help myself. That without a doubt, you're the manliest motherfucker in the area uh, right now. Because no. I'm telling you, I couldn't. I'd have a hard time fucking surviving if there was fish in a goddamn lake right next to me. <laughs> yeah, like, man, I haven't fucking cleaned fish in years. So I think I could remember how to do some of that. But I might just. Be, yeah, you just eat, gotta cook it and eat that's, it. Just watch out for bones and organs. Oh, that doesn't sound like any type of anything. Survival. I would do. You gotta do what you gotta have do. You ever had Asian carp? I have not. The ones that jump out? Yeah. You eat those? uh, No, I had one time, and my buddy was like, be very, very careful, because they have, like, tiny, tiny bones, and it's impossible to get all the bones out. And if you get, like, one side in your your throat, you're dead. I would try to catch them with a net and got my ass whooped by them. Did you? Yeah, and uh, George Winter. They're huge. Yeah, but they're flying. They're like all. They were. They, they weren't near as bad as I seen on TV, like, flying and stuff, I guess, because at the time, we didn't have that many of them. Mm -hmm. But they were fucking popping up all over the place and they none jumped in the boat but they jumped right near the boat and stuff and i was trying to catch them with the net and Bo thought it was just the funniest fucking thing in the world well, that sounds like fun you know you get a six pack, i was having a good there. time Bo was just having a good time laughing at me i guess so <laughs> if you could go on a lunch date with any one person past or present who would it be and why it's a heavy question they need a second to process oh some of them some of the questions are heavy i usually save them for the end like me personally i'm probably gonna uh Probably gonna like pick George Washington, because I want to like I want to know what his thought process for, was for uh, developing the country and then not not taking taking it over. Because like they offered him to be like, you want to be a king, George? Here you go, it's all yours. And he's like, nah, just two terms, we're good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, that's like that's I want to know about his thought it's process. Two terms, I'm out. Yeah, I want to know what like how his thought process to the whole to all of it. Like what he felt like the moment too when he realized that they were finally f- the uh, country. Was free. I got air quotations because uh, free is loose at that time <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. Just like how it all came about, and just besides, I don't want to pay my taxes and shit. Taxes is like the craziest thing. You you pay tax on the money you make. You pay the tax on the money you spend, and then you 
pay taxes on the money that the stuff you own. Is- I think it's fucking hilarious that uh, our country is taxed the way it is because of how it became about from nobody didn't want to pay their taxes without representation because they tax you literally like uh, Jeremy was explaining on the liquor. They tax you fucking on all three phases of it for like from the uh, who, who made it where I to get somebody I forget what the terms are but somebody uh, distills it or makes it for you and then puts it out and produces it everybody get it's taxed every, every stop every process that's insane yeah. and then you get taxed at the end of the year on it too like it's just it's insane how many fucking taxes we have on shit mm-hmm. recreation tax oh you know. oh you buy your house. <laughs> No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You're going to pay me some money, all right? So, not. I'm going to come by and get that shit. I'm going to kick y'all ass out. So, who would you talk to? I'd probably pick somebody like Plato or Gandhi, just somebody with a, I could talk to about an outlook on life. That you, Have you seen the guru? The new Indian guy who fucking, I forget, I think they call him the guru. You should check him out. He's all about the, uh, I, I want to say he's Buddhist, but I might be wrong on that. But he's like the, all about those, uh, he's got all these great philosophies and shit like that. You should check him out. I'm gonna probably go with Bourdain, just because we, I know we're gonna be eating somewhere good, and he's got—he's such a great storyteller. Like just the places he's been and seen and stuff. Yeah, I don't know where you take Gandhi to lunch. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Meat shack. <laughs> it's a cheap lunch date. <laughs> Besides the essentials, what is the one thing you can't go a day without? I don't know. That's, that's probably my. My phone, I get a little twitchy when I've been without it for a few hours, unless I'm working hard or something, you know. So I was just talking to my wife about this today, actually. Coke Zero is my new addiction that I just, I have to have like four a day. Coke Zero? Yeah. Best diet You soda. fucking middle-aged nerd. Cherry, cherry Coke Zero? <laughs> yeah, and Cherry Vanilla. I've had yeah. a ball. Oh, and then they're, they're bonding like, over Cherry Coke fucking I'm vanilla. I'm like a diet soda connoisseur. <laughs> I, the Shasta Grape is fantastic. Uh, have you seen the new Mountain Dews? Which one? The Hard the, Mountain Dew. Yeah, but oh, I'm, so I'm oh, two I'm two years sober. Oh, okay, good for so you. of course that just broke my heart when I saw <laughs> that. Sh- it's zero sugar. Is it really? That's yeah. even better. <laughs> good for you too, by the way, for real. Yeah, good Thank for you. Uh, what is your favorite lullaby? Man, <laughs> Rockabye baby. Yeah, mine is the one I sing to all three of my kids. The very first words I ever said to them. Mr. Barney, I love you. You love me. I sing the whole song to all three of them. It's the first time I ever communicated with them. I like the. Uh, I I got into the. Uh, someone made lullabies of the Metallica album, <laughs> and those were those were pretty cool. You you like Metallica? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I could have that I could have guessed. I promise you, Metallica is pretty dope though. Uh, what is the weirdest Halloween costume you've ever worn? I went. This isn't very PC whatsoever, but about maybe 2004, I went as a suicide bomber. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> that is beyond awesome. So, was it like, did you have a big friend who went as the towers? No. I <laughs> <laughs> shut up. No, there was a guy in, uh, that I worked with that he was uh, like six foot five, uh, Don Lang. He works for the St. Louis Fire Department now. Uh, we don't like each other, as you can tell. Uh, he went with, uh, he was the tower, and his buddy was a real short guy, and he went as the airplane. <laughs> he said he got kicked out of both parties he went to. <laughs> so, Love you, Don. <laughs> In third grade, I went as Mr. T. So I have this picture of me floating around. That probably get me canceled off the internet. But I went Did Mr. You? T with, like, skin, like, the, the skull cap that my mom, like, stained. And, like, like, I was, like, legit. Like, I was such, it was such a great costume. That the teachers were trying to figure out who I was because I did not look like, <laughs> me. and I, I nailed Mr. T. That's that's badass. Uh, 
I was going to go and tell you the weirdest one I ever went, but now I'll tell you the worst one I ever went to. I went as General Colin Powell during, uh, <laughs> during the, the Desert Storm. I was like 14 or 13 or whatever. It was like my, I lived with my grandparents, so I watched the news morning, noon, and night. I knew I could tell you everything about the Desert Storm at the time. General Norman Schwarzkopf yeah, was Norman. the other guy. Yeah, I remember all that shit. But Colin Powell was like, he was my favorite, like, my, my, he was my guy. <laughs> so I went as uh, General Colin Powell. I, when I say I went as General Colin Powell, oh, yeah. Yeah, the the face paint, most oh. definitely, most definitely. I wouldn't. I didn't know the fucking difference. I didn't no, think no. nothing about it. Different and times. Honestly, you're paying respect to somebody at the and, time. And that's right. And you're paying homage. You I know, was 13 years old or 14, whatever. 13, yeah. 12, somewhere in there. And I love that guy. I thought he was awesome. I'm someone who thinks context matters. You know, right? It, there's got to be context, and you know. Well, I just always want to put that out there too, in case at some point ever I blow up. I'd be like, no, no, no! I told you, bitches, way earlier <laughs> about that bitch. from you as Colin Powell. <laughs> no, I swear, to, the picture's gonna pop up and shit. I'd be like, man, I was twelve. What do you fuck you expect? Does Bo have a copy of that? No, <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> if you had a yacht, what would you name it? Uh, SS over conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That might be my favorite one that I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Danny? Oh, the the Johnson. <laughs> the Johnson. <laughs> it goes right along with this. He, I would my my yacht would come through first. Said the Johnson. His would come through right ever like with, with an arrow pointing. With an arrow pointing though. SS overcompensation. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I mean, I guess a dick euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna call your book? I don't know. I'll, so. This, after talking about dicks, this is a bad segue, but we're going to name it after my grandmother. Uh, <laughs> Terrible segue. That is awesome. I think it's the best segue you could possibly have. What is the best villain in a uh, movie villain in a – yeah, what's the best movie villain? Joaquin Phoenix's Joker was pretty, like – I have, I have not, I don't mean to cut you off, but I have to at this point. All right? I have not seen it, but I'm going to tell you that there's no Joker – Better than fucking uh, Ledger. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no way. Uh, you, you've obviously seen both of them. Yeah, uh, Ledger's more over the top, like crazy Joker, and and uh, Walking Phoenix is more like psychological damage, like like de- heavy depression. It, it's he's right. No, I, I mean, I could see. So if you like that. I just never seen like man, it's more realistic, right? Right, but I'm the fucking. He was so great at fucking being the yeah. Joker and stuff. I remember mimicking <laughs> like all the sounds he did and shit. I went to a funeral right at that time and did an impersonation of the Joker. At the can, can we both agree that Jared Leto is the worst Joker? Oh, without a doubt, one hundred percent. Without a doubt, uh, who's your favorite? Uh, who's the best uh, villain? The uh, the Hawks and the coach from Mighty Ducks. The very first one. <laughs> Banks. Banks. Get Banks. They'll take him out. I forget. I wish I could remember some lines from there. Oh, I've watched sure. a whole bunch of it. I can it. just picture the guy popping his collar right now. Oh, this is probably. Do you know that they say a line on there? That you'll have to go back. I'll tell you off air. Uh, it's not that funny. But it's uh, the Jesse Smollett was one of the. Uh, oh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about after a cookie. Yes. Cookie. Yes. Yeah. It's insane. You can only hear it if somebody tells you about it. Are you? I, I I think it's said multiple times. I only heard it the one time, and it's because I was reading, watching because with Facebook or not Facebook, YouTube has all these ten things about a movie and stuff, and I watched a whole bunch of them, and that was on one of them Man, one time. Those will, you go down the rabbit hole on those. those yes, are, those are great. I love those compilations. I used to go down them all the time, and that's where I seen it on there, and then I went and watched the movie, and because it doesn't show you on the YouTube thing, but if you go watch the movie, it's clearly on there, and you know Jesse Smollett was on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was juicy, juicy, juicy. <laughs> 
Dave Chappelle is fucking hilarious. He ruined that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think he like I ruined himself. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, but Dave Chappelle is fucking. We were. We was d- being quiet to help you. That's why. Dave Chappelle <laughs> is probably in the top three stand-up com- comedians of all time. Have you seen Ricky Drape races Newt? I have not. Is it on Netflix? It destroys. He's insanely funny. He's hilarious. The, I used to watch his uh, bit before the fucking Oscars or whatever fucking oh, a, yeah. award show that was. I think is one of oh, the, the Golden Globes where it, he goes on the ten minute rant. About it, it's one of the greatest so of fucking touch. live, yeah, fantastic that I've ever seen. He's so irrelevant, you know. Like he he doesn't like he doesn't care who he offends. No, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. I, I, yeah, he doesn't get the credit he deserves either because no. nobody's ever going to mention him in their third top ten or anything until you. Because I, I right. wouldn't have even said his name no. until you did. Yeah, and then I'm just like, no, that dude's fucking hysterical. I would put I would put Chappelle, Louis C.K., uh, Ricky Gervais, and then. Oh, you're you're forgetting the man. My number one's Jerry Seinfeld, by far. You're a dork. <laughs> no, Bill Burr. Bill Burr's yeah, Bill Burr, I, Bill Burr might be top five, top ten. Bill Burr's off the chain. I seen the dude live. I think Bill Burr's he's my favorite comedian of all time. I don't think he's the best, and only because I like to pay respect. Like I, I'm gonna take a uh, Mur- Eddie Murphy is but Mitch, Mitch uh, Hedberg. Eddie Murphy's the funniest like person ever. You remember as a kid when you saw Raw for the first time? Uh, yes, I do. I was my dad. I just thought it was fucking uh, like. I didn't know what I what I was watching. I wonder why they haven't re-released that. Oh, have you seen it? <laughs> yeah. It does not because I went and watched it on uh, YouTube. It does not hold up with time. No, and like, it's very not PC. No, when he's, when he's talking about the uh, he's like, my cute them jeans, boy. Yeah. I, I didn't even remember where I got that from, and then I went back and watched it. He's talking about Mr. T. If Mr. T was gay, <laughs> and one of the like, you might cute them jeans, boy. Get over here, put my dick in your ass. It's uh, just stuff like that. It's it, it's insane, but it doesn't. The comedy doesn't hold up because you, you'll watch it now, and the, who, depending on who you're with, you'll be like, ooh, that yeah. probably isn't BC or shouldn't have said that. I saw Chappelle during the Chappelle Show era when he played the pageant. You seen him live? Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. And yeah, that was fantastic. Well, it was he wasn't as popular. Then. Right. He was popular, but it wasn't. And I just remember the next day my sides literally hurt <laughs> from, from – from laughing so much. I think his sketch, his sketch show or whatever it's, whatever it is, the sketch show. Yeah, is the, the funniest thing I've oh, ever seen yeah, from, from a so show. Good. Well, then Key and Peele kind of ripped it off. I mean, there's oh, just totally. very funny as well, but it's it's just a direct rip. I didn't watch them. So uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. They're both very, very talented people. Right. Very, on. very funny. That's the, the one that made, he went to Saturday Night Live later. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the Obama skit where he's like shaking hands with everybody, that's like the best. That's I, like the only Key and Peele skit you really need to see. I'm going to have to go back and watch some of this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, what are two things that you like to ask your dog? Nobody? I don't have a dog. What are two things you would like to ask the neighbor's dog? My cat? Your cat. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. What are two things you'd like to... Well, I think a cat's more interesting. I just said a dog. A cat is for sure more because, interesting. Yeah, I just think it's... Uh, I said dog because that's mostly what people have. Yeah. But a cat is way more interesting. I feel like a cat you could have a conversation with, where a dog it would just be real short and to the point. Cats are very judgmental, too. You know, and you know they think that they're very opinionated. They think that they've domesticated us. Yeah, Yeah. like that's crazy. Like if your cat brings you food or a bird, they think you're too weak to hunt. Yeah, you're too dumb to go hunt. So like here you go. That's just insane to me. Like the dog's been like, "What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Anything you want." And the cat's like, "Leave me the fuck alone." (laughs) I'll come to you when I want to have have some attention. So what's two questions you'd ask your cat? Uh, man, I'm I'm struggling with this one. I'd be like, so do you really think? That you're the master and I'm the motherfucking the animal. <laughs> like, what's up here? That's one question I well, would ask. Maybe the cat. how long after I die would it take for you to eat me? And 
it would probably would be I would probably wouldn't be happy with the answer. I'd have to get rid of it because he's gonna say, "Oh, oh, it'd probably be the same dad." <laughs> yeah. But you know, they used to tell you that thing back in the day that uh, you know, the difference between a cat and a dog. If you died, your dog, your cat would eat you. Your dog wouldn't. False. No, a dog will eat you. Anything yeah. will eat you if Second it has enough. Yeah. Se- yeah, that's always crazy. But they used to say that shit. What would you ask your dog? I don't know. I don't know what I would ask it. I, like. Get real sappy with you. I know what I would tell it. I would well, okay, go ahead. Get say I like sappy. Yeah, I would, I would just you know tell her that it's the best dog I've ever had. And I love her, and it's sad that they don't live forever. Gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I'm, I'm a big. That's animal super lover. cool. That's, I always make jokes to my family and stuff. Like I'm like, uh, I, no, I would fucking I would get rid of that dog the second that it has any type of medical issues and it's going to cost us a thousand dollars. The dog's going. Man. I'm not paying for nothing to that. No, really, in reality, I would cry and pay. Taking would, out another mortgage. Yeah, I'd get rid of one of my kids first. <laughs> Vets are like the biggest ripoff. Like, we took ours in. It's minimum 500 bucks whenever you take your cat in for like any kind of like. All right, well, you know. I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my brother, when, uh, when my cat had like a urinary issue, we had to take him in. It was like 1200 bucks. I told my brother, it's going to be 1200 bucks to fix this. And he was like, well, time to get a new cat. And then. <laughs> Maybe like three or four years later, his dog was like the love of his life and uh, needed like hip surgery or something. And I was like, well, time to get a new dog. And he, he didn't think that was very funny. You, know, it, it, you guys are assholes. You get, you get attached to your, your No, you do. Yeah. It become part of the family. I'm, I can see you saying that too. Like, here's what I pictured. Like he's all like sad. He's telling you the story. It's going to cost me this, but we got to do it because it's time to get a new dog. <laughs> I'm fucking dead. That's hilarious. <laughs> what uh, what's the hardest goodbye you've ever had to say? We'll start with you, Dan. My grandfather was pretty hard. My mom's dad. Yeah, saw he was in the hospital. I got to, he was basically in a coma when I said bye to him. That was pretty tough. <laughs> Why the fuck are you laughing? What the fuck? I'm sorry. What the fuck? How do you let out a squeak of laughter after I said? That? Because I had a joke. I thought this was a safe place. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What the fuck? I'm sorry. The hardest goodbye I can say. It was a tension breaker. I think he was a tension breaker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I guess he didn't hear you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. Dan, I'm sorry. Oh my god. Mm. I'm super sorry. I'm, I'm laughing so hard. Next, next time you stub your toe, man, it's him. <laughs> Dan, I'm sorry. I, I can't help it. I didn't. Wait, I'm sorry. We're going to move on from that. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm sorry, man. What is your favorite quote from a movie? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, I, I use seats taken a lot whenever, uh, you know, from Forrest Gump. That's yes. one of my favorite uh, quotes that I kind of in my uh, quick draw. <laughs> what is your favorite quote? Oh, I'm trying quote? to hold back my fucking anger here, Dan. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I really, I'm, no. I'm so sorry. Like, instantly I'm staring at you and I was like, if we keep staring, I'm going to say, there's a joke, there's a joke. And immediately it was like, I guess he didn't hear you then, huh? <laughs> like, what a fucking asshole, dude. I'm, I swear to God, I'm really sorry. No. What is the best line, or the, your favorite line from a movie? I don't know. That's tough. I can't, off the top of my head, I'm not good at Get busy things. living or get busy dying. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. 
That's real, real <laughs> relatable after what we were just talking. About. <laughs> They're not. I swear to God, Shawshank Redemption is my favorite movie, and that's where I got the line from. <sighs> okay, <laughs> if you had to change your name for a month, what would you change it to? Oof. That's a, man, where do you get these questions? Uh. Well, some of them I made up, and the other ones I got off of uh, the interweb. I would just do something super exotic, like Fernando or something, just to see people's reaction. Like, hey, Fernando, nice to meet you. I'd probably go with Champ. You know, make people call me Champ, and then people that didn't, they weren't in on the joke, like, why is he? What, what do you, you know, what do you win? You know, whispering my my back. That's fucking. I like that. I like that. Uh, we'll do a couple more, and then we'll do a word association. Who do you look up to the most? Oof. Uh. You know, I, I like people that are. I've got a lot of friends that are successful businessmen, and and you know, I I read somewhere that the five people that you associate the most are, will have the biggest influence on you. So, lately, I've been trying to like strengthen that circle. You right know, on. people that you know are successful, and maybe try to leech a little of that. Yeah, I got a buddy that you know, mutual friend of ours. It's not me. It's not you. <laughs> It was until that fucking joke. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I can't. Yeah, my no, mind I, works that way. I watched this guy start a business 10 years ago. People that know me will know who exactly. Yeah, I know who he is. About, yeah. You don't want to say his name? I mean, can if you want to. Kevin. Ke- yeah, Kevin Thole. Yeah. He got a business 10 years ago, fought with, you know, alcoholism, gambling, addiction, nice. all that. Got himself clean. And, and now his business went from you know, 10 years ago, it was three guys in a house off Telegraph. Mm-hmm. To a multi-million dollar, wow. you know, corporation that. What's he do? He owns uh, Serve Pro Fire oh. Water Restoration. Awesome. Yeah, I saw the Serve Pro truck out there. Yeah, that's. <laughs> he didn't steal it. He swears. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> if you could talk to fifteen-year-old you, what would you say? Invest in Apple. Yeah. Not fifteen years ago. It had to be. I mean, I guess you'd still make money. But it's got something. Be. Facebook, Google, something. Ooh, Facebook, and then get out before yeah. two, two, get out quickly. But all, uh, take all of your money. It's still gonna. It's still have to have gone up though. I think it was like seven or eight dollars when it opened up when it first started selling publicly. What do you, what does he think? Do you know what it is now? It's like Facebook. Yeah, it's like one hundred and ninety-two somewhere around there. For Meta is the. Are you serious? Company. Yeah. Hey Nick Zona, you fucking. You're right. Uh, Nick Zona. <laughs> Wait, you took investment advice from Zona? No, I didn't. Okay. But Nick Zona emptied out his fucking sh- his savings and everything, and put it in fucking invested in Facebook when it first went public. Really? Good yeah. Man. I don't mean to tell Nick's business, but he was telling everybody at the gym at the time. So, I mean, hopefully he hung on to it. <laughs> but he, he really did do that. Did you guys uh, trade a lot of tips, stock tips around the mats at Burgers? You've heard me. <laughs> what stock tips? He's got I? a very uh, diverse portfolio, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. With his underwear, it was holes in his underwear. Uh, do you believe in aliens? Oh, I, it's 100% a fact. I don't know that it's 100% a fact, but... It sounds like he wants to say no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's got to be. The fact that the universe is infinite, never-ending space. There has to be something out there. What if we're in a simulation? Well, then technically wouldn't there, you know, whatever this, you know, if there's aliens... No, we'd, simulation, we would be the still aliens. be aliens. They'd be foreign to us, but... That'd still be an alien. So I've, I've heard somewhere that the chances of there being of us getting alien contact is like astronomical and the chances of them being friendly is like zero (laughs) almost zero (laughs) but they said though that uh because space does some shit like that so instead of having to go all the way around you can go through it yeah and it puts you so you don't have to go at the speed of light you just you're making cut ways through shit 
And they said that uh, I've heard the read that some people had said that if there was time tra- or space travel, that's how it would be done and shit like that. But no one ever has said that they were going to be friendly because no, we'll you, be there. We'll be their slaves. Yeah, you're seeking out for fucking because you're wanting something. You you're going to look for something. And Especially it's you, why do they come here? What's here? Well, minerals. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, if, yeah. if you believe uh, the, the Sumerians, yeah, you ain't coming here for the people. The Sumerians, they talked about the sky people a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Do you know what they a lot did? Of cultures and religions. No, no. The first people who wrote shit down, and they didn't write it down with a pen and paper or pencil and shit. They had to put that shit in cuneiform, and they had to fucking dirt, 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 dirt. Yeah. Like, it's great. And the first one of the first things they wrote about was the sky people. Mm-hmm. They came down. They gave them agriculture. They gave them fucking math. They gave them so much, like they write all of this shit about them. And you know what the sky people did though? They enslaved half the fucking world to get fucking. Uh, our resources, gold, and because <clears throat> gold is yeah. a good, it's a property for fucking uh, uh, space travel and shit like that. It works really well up there. So I believe 100% in aliens. I believe they've already been here. Uh, Nirabu was their planet that they went to. That it, it's in our solar system, but only comes around. I don't know. You have to go research it. It's actually, I believe it's factual and true because that's the first thing they wrote about. All the all them years ago, that's insane. You don't think that that's 100% factual or what like true? I don't know, but the last couple of years, I've been kind of hoping we. Alien contact <laughs> Spice things up a little bit That ain't no lie Things have definitely been boring Who would play you in a movie? <clears throat> I don't know Who would you want to play you? I'm gonna go with Tom Hardy I'm going Jason Statham Be the closest uh, to me You're just going with the bald head And the beard Yeah it would work perfect yeah. for me. I kind of actually would too yeah. I'm trying to think man Maybe the guy who played Jon Snow In Game of Thrones <laughs> I, never, I didn't watch it. I know what he looks like. I know what the guy looks like. I don't know his name. Kit Harrington. Right on. The Game of Thrones. Is, what's, is that the one with the fucking... The dragons and the penises. And the sisters and brothers and shit. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I seen 10 minutes of that with my wife one time. I was like, what the fuck do you watch every week? What the hell is this shit? <laughs> Did you watch... Uh, what's the, the movie with the zombies? Or the TV show with the Walking zombies? Dead. Dumbest fucking 35 minutes of my life. <laughs> I could not get it back. I was so mad. Because Facebook, it was everywhere, every week. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. So then I would, I was like, all right, let's see what the big deal you is. You can't jump in the middle, though. I mean, no. You got to start from the beginning. The acting was horrendous. Yeah. yeah. He was about to get hit over the... <laughs> and he's looking up. I'm like, oh, my God. This oh, is so You fucking... jumped right way in the middle. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, well, whatever she was watching, I turned on. Yeah. And I was like, this is not good. The acting's horrendous. The fuck? This is a shitty show. Why does anybody like this stuff? Favorite meal to eat and why? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Man, I grew up in the country and... I de- for me, death row meal would be like biscuits and gravy and that's sausage. What we're change, that's what we're going to change the question to. Death row meal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that sounds better. It does. Biscuit and gravy, yeah. You? Yeah, I, it's not biscuits and gravy. I can see it in your face. No, it's a toss. I, I am a good eggs and toast guy. But Lo- love eggs and toast in the morning. Wait, how, do you, how do you like your eggs? Over easy. There's no other way. <laughs> no other way. You cannot scramble them. You ruin eggs when yeah. you scramble them. You got to have that. Runny egg. It's gotta be. The Are you guys yolk, high? Yolk like uncooked. Here's here's how eggs can be eaten. Every fucking way possible. Eggs are like fucking shrimp and Bubba said. You, you can get them fried. You can get them baked. You can get them boiled, sauteed. Eggs are good no matter how you make them. I like hard boiled eggs, fried eggs, scrambled eggs. Yeah, but they're poached gr- eggs. They might be good however you make them, but they're great over easy. Yeah. Scrambled eggs is the best. Scrambled eggs is like putting ketchup on a hot dog. No, nah, I'm a boy. You know I'm a scrambled put my, eggs is like the cheap. I'm gonna put for fucking eggs. Ga- gravy on my scrambled eggs. You know who? You know how scrambled eggs? It got doesn't invented? taste good gravy on uh, over easy. You know it how? Taste you that know good. how scrambled eggs got invented? Somebody was flipping over easy. They couldn't do it. They broke them. So they said no. no. Scrambled <laughs> eggs were invented way before fucking over easy because that's when you crack it. You just yeah. That's the first egg that was ever cooked. I promise you. Some caveman. What song would be the soundtrack to your life? Man, I was obsessed with uh, Foo Fighters. 
uh, I like Everlong. That was like my favorite song. I don't know. I'm dumb as fuck. He said Foo Fighters, and I immediately thought of everybody is Kung Fu Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dumb as fuck. <laughs> I swear to God, I looked at him weird, and he's like, oh, fuck, he's going to make fun of me. No, I was like, oh, fuck, that's not, that's not their song. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. I swear to God. What would be the soundtrack to your life? I don't know. Soundtrack, favorite song of all time, Everlast, what it's like. That's good. Hmm. I like it. Last one. What is your favorite holiday? Or what's the what's the best holiday? Fourth of July. It's the best one, not your favorite. The, the best one. It's the best holiday. I think so. I think it's the most like party centered one. That, and you don't drink or do drugs. Or but alcohol. I fucking love me some fireworks. Danny. I, no, you guys do too. <laughs> I liked Fourth of July. I used to sell fireworks growing up. You know, I paid for my first car with firework money. I know, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a that's a good holiday. I like recently. I like you know just like completely in red, white, and blue, and just mm-hmm. like you know. I like the 4th of July. I think the three summer holidays are kind of all very similar. Yeah. And what goes on, except for the fireworks, is what separates them. Christmas is my favorite holiday. Yeah, that's and, a good one. And the season from October 31st through the Super Bowl is actually my favorite season, too. Because, like, that's just – everybody's in it, for the most part, in a decent mood. Or for the, most of the people are. Everybody's gearing up for the holidays, other than paying for everything. It's the fucking – it's awesome. You got Halloween, Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite time of year is when that first leaf falls, for sure. I When I first moved to St. Louis in, like, 2002, like – October was like the best month because mm-hmm. had you had like five weekends. Uh, you had red October. You know the Cardinals were always you know doing well, and you know just the weather was perfect. Yes, mm-hmm. it, I 100% agree with that. I love Oct- the fall in St. Louis, so that yeah. answers the best season. And that is squared up. This segment of Word Association is brought to you by Halsey Roofing. For all your gutter, siding, and roofing needs, call Halsey Roofing. Now time for Word Association. The Cardinals. Red. George, a- George W. Bush. George W.? George W. I just can't think of... I, I Facebook. I hate Facebook. Joe Biden. I hate Joe Biden. <laughs> Florida. Florida's awesome. Aliens. Not real. Tupac. Gangster. Democrats. I hate Democrats. Republicans. I hate Republicans. Day. Night. Night. Day. <laughs> Summer. Swimming pools. Eminem, the rapper. He's got some really cool sneakers. I don't know if you're... <laughs> Bill Gates. <laughs> I hate Bill Gates. TikTok. I hate TikTok. The Avengers. Uh, Thanos. Malcolm X. I don't know a lot about Malcolm X. Cubs. I hate the Cubs. Rocky, the movie series. Adrian. Conor McGregor. Prop 12. Taxes. Al Sharpton. Oof, that's a tough one. <laughs> Next question. Catholic religion. Uh, priests. George Washington. Wooden teeth. JFK. Assassinated. LeBron James. Hate LeBron James. <laughs> Golf. Boring. Dennis Rodman. The worm. <laughs> I'm smiling if you guys can't tell. Elon Musk. Tesla. Mark Zuckerberg. Facebook. China. 
LeBron James. <laughs> the United States government. Texas. Patrick Swayze. Roadhouse. I love that one. I love Patrick Swayze. He's like, he's the best. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. Hollywood. Hollywood sign. Podcast. Uh, Adam Carolla. Greatest athlete of all time. Bruce Jenner. <laughs> and that is Word Association, brought to you by Halsey Roofing. Uh, you really think Bruce Jenner is the greatest athlete of all time? Or was that just something off the top of your head? On top of my head. Yeah, I don't know. He's, uh, she, uh. He was doing that the the events where you had to be good at yeah, the deca- decathlon. So. There was 10 of them. I, my, I still think the greatest athlete of all time is Herschel Walker yeah. or Otis Thorpe. Uh, Otis Thorpe might be a little too far back, cause I'm, but he was, uh, I'm thinking pretty sure he lettered, and Jesse Owens too. Uh, I think Otis Thorpe was like a, a world, cl- like the best at track and field, football, and something else. But Herschel Walker was the greatest college football player of all time. He was literally traded for 11 players. He, he started the Dallas Cowboys dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was 46 years old. Oh, he was, went to the Olympics on the bobsled team. He was 46 years old when he won his first MMA fight. Yeah. Uh, and he looked in the gr- greatest shape I've ever seen any man at 46 years old look. Uh, Herschel Walker or Bo Jackson. I was going to say Bo Jackson, uh, you know, to be able to play for the Royals and the Raiders at the same time. was just. He like, averaged uh, five yards a carry. And hit like twenty eight home runs. And he's like functional illiterate too. Is like he really? You ever seen him? I like, did not. Yeah, uh, but he was just an unreal, unreal athlete. I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. He did football as a spare thing. He really, he was in love with baseball and played, but played football just because he was good at it. And Deion Sanders the same way. Deion Sanders is fucking phenomenal, but man, he's a he's all speed. Yeah. I don't. I, I that's probably sounding short. I, I may be lying or sounding short. He, he could do a, no. He was really good at a lot of. Th- Deion, yeah. Maybe I'm sounding short. Uh, have you seen him coaching? Have you seen like any of his videos or anything? He might be better at coaching than he ever was at any sport he played. Like uh, he's an asshole, he's a hard ass, but he's all about them the kids. I, I like Jordan Howard or Jawan Howard. Oh yes, like he like he's got into coaching and he's really like found his niche, you know. And I haven't like, seen too much of like his conversations with the kids and stuff, but he seems he, like, to be really throw good. Hands at some, at yes, a, at he did too. I mean, I right that. before the. Uh, the tournament, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. He seems to be uh, – the program's really turned around underneath him. But, like, yeah. TikTok is where I've seen Deion Sanders' videos where he's talking to the – uh, it's I think it's a – not a JUCO. It's a D1 school, but it's a small one. Or maybe it is a, a D2 school. He, he's phenomenal at w- w- how he interacts with the kids. If you like good coaching, you should watch – there's a series on Netflix called Last Chance You. Yeah, my kid watched – yes. Have you seen it? I have seen a few of the episodes. Oh, man, it's so good. Um, it's like these D1, like – Gifted, amazing athletes that you know can't show up to school or just so, so something happened somewhere. And they're they're at like a, a community college and they're trying to get their grades up so they can go back to the show. You know, uh, my kid had watched it. He's been watching it for years. But I watched it a couple years back with him, and it seemed like though that every time somebody was like finally doing the thing they were playing, it might have just been the season I watched or how it was played. But every time they were about on the cusp of going back to a, a D one school. Something that some they would do something dumb or whatever it was, or somebody in their family would something tragic would happen to them and they'd have to go so away. So much baggage. But you see that meme where the guy's riding a bicycle and he sticks a stick in the wheel. And yeah. You know. By four, yeah, he sticks his own stick in the wheel. Yeah, that's them. I mean, they can't get out in their own way, you know. And just like you said, family baggage. You know, family members trying to cut their legs out. You know, it, well, they just did a season in Oakland with a basketball team, 
It was phenomenal. Like I will check that out. Oakland. Yeah. Oakland's a really rough area. Mm-hmm. Well, what's what what's really interesting, and they bring it up in this uh, documentary, is um, because San Francisco is like tech, you know, center and one of the highest property values. Well, people are now gentrifying Oakland and living in Oakland because they can commute to San Francisco. Right. And so they're like pushing people that have lived there for years pushing them out and they can no longer live in Oakland even though they've lived in Oakland their whole life because they can't afford the property value and of course when the property value goes up taxes go up right. and they lose their house or whatever that's that, that's insane have you been to San Francisco Mm-mm. it is one of the uh, when you're on the Golden Gate not, not the Golden Gate Bridge but that was dope too by the way like it's it's the greatest thing I've ever seen I've never seen the pyramids so the greatest thing I've ever seen man make was the Golden Gate Bridge it is fucking massive you know those boats that are size of three houses mm-hmm. they look about that big when they're fucking underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. But when you're coming out, when you're leaving San Francisco, uh, heading, I believe it's heading north, you look back and you just see the lights rolling on the hills. It is such a beautiful city. And but they've completely screwed it up. The hills, yeah. Yeah. The hills are no joke. Like, it's in, like it's insane. There's the uh, Chinese consulate. It's a whole block. It's like in downtown, right across the Golden Gate Bridge. The uh, full house. Oh, yeah. Very anticlimactic. Yeah. When I went there, there was, first of all, there's nobody. The house is vacant. Uh, but it, there's, it's just a house like <laughs> yeah. that's right there. It was very anticlimactic. We actually drove across the Golden Gate Bridge to go see that because it's it's right past it. The, it. I can't. I believe that everyone should go to San Francisco at least once in their life just to see the bridge. Did you go to Alcatraz? I did not. Did you see it though? Uh, you, you could, yeah, you can see it from the because uh, there's a little people swim that. No man, it it'd be rough. I, obviously, there wasn't all the boat traffic and shit back then, but the seas and just how cold they say it is and mm-hmm. stuff like and sharks. It's it's crazy right there because. You think of like, I don't know. I always thought that it was closer and like everything was close. Like they tell you two miles or whatever and shit. But you think that that's not that far away or whatever the, uh, the actual distance is. But it is in the water, man. Yeah, two miles on water is insane. Yeah, and it's not on water; it's the ocean. Like it's mm-hmm. really like fucking. Yeah, in a lake. <laughs> no, well, it's not even. It's not like the Atlantic side. It's kind of calm. The Atlantic Ocean's not that. Uh, for the most part, it isn't all those waves crashing in and stuff. On the West Coast, it is the opposite of that. We were talking about good athletes earlier. You know, those people that do those triathletes, triathlons. The, the Diaz brothers. Yeah. They they swim. What is it like? Uh, it, no, it's, it's only like three miles. Three-mile swim, and then like. It's a 110-mile-an-hour bike ride. And, a, and then I, a marathon. Yeah, 24. And they do all that in one fucking. It's like what every, every SEAL does that for their, their training. So, uh, man, I, I really appreciate you coming out, dude. Uh, I had so much fun. <laughs> a lot of laughs. I apologize, Dan. I can't. I'm still sorry about that. Uh, so, what do you got coming up? What's like? What What do you got cooking in the on the back burner? Uh, I've got some projects I'm working on. Uh, of course, I'm working with Jeremy on Uppercut, which has been amazing. It's such an honor to get asked to like design the label for him. You know, I and love the label. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted like an old boxing poster. I mean, J- Jeremy had kind of some stuff that he kind of wanted to do, and we wanted kind of a theme. But Was your, did you get ins- any inspiration from Jack Dempsey? Because when I looked at the label. That's yeah. the first person I thought of was Jack Dempsey. I'm an old boxing fan mm-hmm. and stuff, and I don't know why, but that's the first person I thought of when I seen it. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you that question, or was it just me? You know, it, it was just finding the right photo. Just, you know, sometimes when you're designing something, you just kind of, you, you know it's, when you see it. The first time I saw that photo, I was like, okay, that's that's the one. So I kind of mocked it up for Jeremy, and then, he, of course, he liked it. So no, that's Jeremy's what's great work to work with because he, you know, he – he pretty much lets you... Lets you do your thing. Yeah, he's got some ideas he wants, but pretty much lets you do your thing. Those are the best uh, people to work with and the best leaders. 
Yeah. Like they let you, they allow my bosses like that. He allows yeah. me to do to be creative or whatever I need to do and stuff to get through my day and shit. The worst bosses are the ones that stand over your shoulder when you, and you know. I don't. I I don't can't work well with anything. Yeah, I I, I tell them. I'm like, as long as you're standing there, this is not going to be near as good as it could be. Yeah, I'm gonna but, fuck up. I'm pressured. I mean, I'm not I'm not because of that. Because I I don't work well in those. I feel like it's it's constructed. Like I, it's very rigid, and I have to go through these and do this, and I'm not trying to do that. Because I don't want you to see how I cook the meal. I just want you to tell me how delicious it tastes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, NFA has a show coming up August 13th um, at Arnold. We're going back to Arnold. <laughs> it's not my favorite venue, but you oh. know, it it does kind of have a vibe. Um, but man, those uh, you went to the last Olympia yes. show. Um, it's that's a really cool place because there's so much room to expand, and for like I'm on the production side, so we have a lot of. A big sandbox to play with, you right? Know, and things we can do and stuff. You know, we've been doing a lot of cool stuff. We got um, my partner in crime, Matt from Media Outlaws. He he partners up with a band, a local band, Inimical Drive. So we had like they they just happened to release a song like when we were promoting the show. So we got to use their song and put it with our highlights, and it just turned out so good. So we're that gonna, that was definitely really cool. We're gonna try to do that for every show, you know. But finding local bands, you know, that willing to give us that kind of access is difficult. Chris Siebers. I don't know if you remember him. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, he's got a band. Really? Yeah, uh, it's a hardcore metal band. Uh, I think that's kind of what it, uh, the last one was. Or yeah, yeah. Line. Uh, he was asking me about some stuff, and I, maybe I could connect you yeah, to or you could go us. holler at him because uh, they're looking for a way to promote their band and shit yeah. like that too. I haven't really heard any of their songs. I heard the one song uh, that he sent to me. I don't know if it's good or not. My brother-in-law loved it, and he's into heavy metal. Maybe you would take a listen to it yeah. or whatever, but he would definitely be down to do some stuff like that. We really put a lot of work in that last show to like really raise the bar for production. I don't know if you've seen our pay-per-views, but... I have not, because I'm always there. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I will have yeah. to check one out. No, I definitely will. Um, you know, we feel like you know, you're chasing someone, you want to get to their level, and then, you know, at some point you surpass them, then you, you look bigger, you know? Right. So we're looking bigger now. We're trying That's to... That's fucking awesome. You know, we're trying to to get our quality up to something that would be good on, like, Fight Pass or something like that, you know? No, that's dope. You guys... Are, and oh, thank you, by the way. Uh, I did... I went live from the show last yeah. time, and uh, they... Brad and Marlene was like, uh, they t- they said you could do it or whatever. There was some rules that you guys just don't do no lives of the, uh, the actual fights or whatever. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you guys for allowing me to do that, and uh, I thought it was really yeah. cool. I just did some stuff before the fight and like, did some quirky – I don't know if you've seen them. The quirky interviews, like how many chickens does it take to kill an elephant, uh, where you stop branding people and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I definitely learned some better things I could do, but I, I, w- I just want to say thank you for sure for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was great. You know, any kind of like – Cross promotion helps everybody, you know. Rising tide raises all boats, so we're definitely we got a long ways to go to get where we want to be. But you know, I'm 100 100% convinced you guys will get there, though. You guys, are the right people, the right team. Uh, I think you should do some more stuff in front of the mic, though, too. The problem, local MMA, man, it's there's the talent pool. There's not a lot of guys that want to do it anymore, and it's hard to get guys. And now that everyone's affiliated up, so it's hard to get matchups. Because these guys won't fight these guys because that coach was there for a seminar or something, you know, it's it's tough. I think it's the dumbest thing in MMA period in St. Louis, and uh, everybody's got their own reasons, and I get that I'm not shitting on anybody's reasons or whatever, but I, everybody like there has to be to build something has to be a community, yeah. and just because we fight doesn't mean we can't be a community. That's the whole purpose of and shit. There's only at some point there's only going to be two gyms fighting each other, and there's going to be cards once a year and shit like that. Uh, but I I think that what you guys are doing though is going to help help mm. circumvent that and like get more people involved or more gyms because there's a, everybody's gonna want to be on that cool shit 
Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody wants to be, anytime there's something, like, really cool, they want to be associated with it and stuff. And you guys, you've definitely made a name for yourself. Knuckle Junkies have been around. I think it's going on your 12th year, 11th year. Well, we kind of wrapped it up. You know, it's just, we, there was a point where uh, we, we, we kind of closed the door on 20. We're still up, but we haven't really done much. Um, right. 2019, there was really only one show in town at that point, you know. The Rona, wasn't it? No, yeah. the Rona well, was tw- the end of 2020. It's just everything dried up. Um, you know, now Nemesis is running full strength. You know, Shamrock's running full strength. And there's a couple other people that kind of pop through every once in a while. But it's starting to heat up a little bit more. But, you no, know, there uh, wasn't enough stuff to really cover. I truly think that you guys will be one of the reasons, though, that that gets bigger. Like, you in particular. But all, all the things that you're involved with, the, the production, the fucking pay-per-view shit. When pe- Who doesn't want to be on pay-per-view? Like, you know what I'm saying? To see your friends ain't got to come to the fight. They can they can pay to watch you on TV. Bucks. I mean, it's, that's fucking that's cool as shit. Uh, and you, the, the the better your level gets, more yeah. people will come. You guys are already doing a spectacular job, but I'm, what I've heard. I can't honestly say personally I've watched it because I've been at the fights, but I hadn't been to the, a fight show in a, uh, a couple of years until Halsey uh, invited me to go. Really yeah, nice, and, yeah. And, and asked me to go and stuff, and fucking, uh, I missed it because I, yeah. I, I couldn't believe how much fun i actually had being at the events and stuff and being around the people man those old days i'm so like i said i'm nostalgic for like remember that we went we did the nemesis show at the uh union hall that was a big night for burger i think yes. burger went like four or five and oh you remember that yeah <laughs> there was like a great te- i think i took the team picture in the back with uh the whole team there, there was like <laughs> there was like 12 or 15 of you back you were on a great team you know oh yeah uh, fan- like i wore my team stump shirt tonight you know i don't know if you you I, noticed but uh I, I, I definitely noticed i'm sorry i didn't say anything before i noticed I, as you walked down the steps i was oh. a big heatherly fan you know he was uh, he brought so many great fights and one of my favorites was the tony souders fight which is a teammate of yours too uh tony souders a couple of things i'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to tony souders first is single toughest man person i've ever met he had some health problems, but and, but he was he you know he trained very limitedly. Yeah, he wasn't a, like a, I'm gonna go to the gym and this is my life. A natural. He was just naturally a badass. When him and Chris fought, I knew about halfway through round one that he was gonna win. Because, really? Yeah, Chris. Was, Chris beat him around the. He ch- Chris chased him around the cage for like the entire three minutes, and and whooped his ass for three minutes. But it's how like Tony kept coming after that and kept coming after that and after the end of round one. Tony was like, all right, I got my ass whooping over with. Now it's time to go do what I do. And he, w- he was just such a tough, strong motherfucker. I'd never seen anybody naturally like Tony Souders ever. But Chris Hesley, had, was his, when he was on, he was on. Like three different times he predicted how the fight was going to end. Mm-hmm. Like we'd be in the back, and he was like, so what do you think we should start the fight? And I was like, I don't know. Why don't we do a 1-1-3 one, one, or whatever, or 1-2 kick or whatever. And he was like, no, why don't we do a one, 1-1-3 one, and then fucking do an overhand call tonight. 18 seconds into the fight, that's what he does. The one-two switch kick to uh, Ken yep. Royer, he yeah, called that. There for that night? Yeah, oh, man, he was up so in the cool. thing. We were talking about it. He called that. He's like, "How about we do a one-two switch kick and call it a night?" Seven seconds in, loud as fuck. Because Kane was like destroying everybody. Yes. He was so scary to you know to the local fighters, and and Chris was like, "I don't care." No, I, I'm like, cause I met Chris at lifting weights at uh, Club Fitness. Oh, okay, and I seen him, and I was like, uh, "What's your name, Chris?" And he was like, "Yeah," because we had been kind of eyesight mugging each other mm-hmm. and uh, he's like i said is it chris nash or whatever and he was like no it's heatherly so we got to rapping for about that and it was before my first fight and he was like uh because I, I wouldn't train i was just lifting weights and shit and i told him about it and he was like well i train at this gym over here in cahokia why don't you come over and get some work in and i went over there and we did a cardio set a session for like i don't know uh 
an hour or whatever, and then fucking did it twice, and uh, w- twice, two different days, and then the one time him and I actually got in the ring and did some wrestling or whatever, and that was it. And then after the fight, I lost a split how'd decision. That, how'd that go? I lost a split decision to Ray Norris, who was out of Steve Burger's gym. Oh, I, I tapped Chris out. Really? Yeah, I could. Uh, we're not. We're not done yet. Because uh, <laughs> I used to catch him in Camorras on, oh, on okay. a regular basis. After that, I was like, "Hey, you got to come over to Burgers. You got to come to Burgers." So I got hooked up with them, and I'm like, "Come to Burgers. You got to come to Missouri, man. There's people in Illinois aren't doing shit for you." He's like, "I don't know. I don't know." So then one time he came over. I picked I picked him up over in fucking uh, I think at my work in Columbia, and we drove down over to Steve's place and shit. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, I, th- I think I'm gonna start coming over here." Two months later, he was like tapping everybody out in the gym. He had the greatest. He he learned faster than anybody I've ever seen. He had the best hips ever. And I never, I'd never tapped him out ever after that. Like, wow. didn't even come. He would used to rape me when we came to fucking burgers. He beat the shit out of me. It's tough. He wasn't at burgers three months before he started doing that. He was such a sponge. I love the rivalry with him and Steve too, because you know, cause Steve will not tap out. But he used to, yeah, he used to work Steve right before he, before like I stopped going there at the gym and shit like that. Uh, Chris was just, man, he was such an amazing fucking fighter and sponge of the learning of it and shit like that, man. So that night he fought Kane Royer. Um, there was actually another show at Cage Champs that same night. So Chris and I, the photographer, we were at the Cage Champs show, and Brett and, and Scott were at the uh, Shamrock show in Fitton there at yeah. the uh, Viking. Or no, with the Viking. It was the uh, Stratford Inn. Stratford Inn. So our show got over quick. So we were like, hey, you guys still fighting over there? And we were, and they said that, you know, they were still having the show. So we hustled from Sullivan to the uh, Stratford, and Chris uh, – the photographer got into place and he took that for that shot. You know, the yeah. shot, shot you've probably seen yep. where Kane's gone stiff. Yeah, you know? he's halfway bent over. Well, we weren't even supposed to be at that show. It was just that our show got over quick enough and we hustled from Sullivan That's to Stratford and he got into place right at the right moment and took that photo. And it's like, and it's, it was. And it was like a really iconic photo for. Yes, it still is. Yeah. But Austin won that night. Yeah, Austin had a kickboxing match. He won. I think Maddie did too. Bo fought that night. Bo won. Nate fought. Nate won. Uh, Nate knocked the guy out by doing a slam to him. All right, no, he, he yeah, it was an overhand right in like eight seconds. All right, and then Chris came in and did the seven-second knockout. And Tony Saunders was there, and he later told me he was like, I was watching it when I seen him do that. I was just like, because they had already booked that fight between the two of them. He was like, oh fuck. He's like, I turned around, walked out, got in my truck, and I left. Uh, it was to- just a great time. Tony seemed like I don't. I, I only talked to him a couple of times, interviewed him some fights and stuff. But he seemed like a real shy guy. Like he didn't really like the the limelight or anything like that. It's he definitely wasn't uh, something he was a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, he, he he's a country boy. He likes fishing and riding his dirt bike and yeah. shit like that. He was I, I think the best talent, natural raw talent I've ever seen. If he if he was able to you know I know he had some health problems, but if, if he was able to like train regularly, he there's he no doubt he would have made it to the UFC. Uh, remember Dave uh, Ship. Dave Sharp? Dave Sharp, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I got a great story about that, too. They're, we're boxing and we're uh, uh, sparring in the gym one time. And Tony, like, dropped down to shoot. And Dave, like, I don't know if he was throwing a knee or he was throwing a kick, but he caught Tony, like, you could, one of those. And he caught him flush in the face, and Tony popped his head up. And Dave's like, oh, my bad, I'm sorry. And Dave's 280 pounds at the time. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And Tony's like, no, we're good. We're okay. And I'm like, holy fuck. So Dave Sharp played D1 football. So – he was a he was a state wrestler. He won state in wrestling, and then also incredible football player and played Division One football. So incredible athlete, and he would show up. He was at Twenty First Century. He was with uh, Benny Voyles yep. and Justin Lawrence and those guys. And those guys are just like striking specialists. Yeah. So he knew how to strike. Phenomenal athlete. You know, he if he could have kept going, he, the sky's the limit for that guy too. But I was um, 
I was working with Jeff Jenkins to, to preview his big fight, and Jake Collier was the main event. And Jake was down. He would go to burgers and spar a lot, and uh, he was sparring with David Sharp. And David had the gloves that were complete. You know how you had gloves for a long time, and just the stuffing is gone. Yes. So he had no padding, and he's sparring with Collier. And there was a moment where he catches Collier, and Collier's like feeling his face, like to see if you know, if he if he yeah, cut him. And meanwhile, Jim Jenkins is like losing his mind. You know, he's got we got we got to stop the sparring. We we can't do this anymore. But it was just hilarious just to see the promoter like freak but out. Yeah. Because you know, I Jake mean, sold probably a bunch of tickets too. Oh yeah. Once again, hey, thanks for coming out, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. I had fun. a great time. You got anything? What, what do you got coming up? What are you doing? Nothing. Dropping a boat in the water this weekend. That's it. I'm on a boat. I think it sounds like I'm going to be with you at some point in time. What's happening? I got a show on the 4th, though. Oh, I won't be out there the 4th. Okay, but uh, the pr- Little Princess. You got a room for a grill on there? or? Uh, no, I don't think so. We'll get we'll one. We'll figure something out. We'll yeah. make something up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's your plans for the 4th? Uh, I'm pretty lame. I got three small kids, so we uh, do a 4th of July parade in the neighborhood. Yeah. So everyone in the neighborhood kind of comes out. How old are your kids? Um... My daughter's 11 and the boys are eight. So I have, I have oh, twi- twins. I have twins, yeah. Wow. So so you had three kids, like. A surprise baby, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's three, the three kids when they're all young, too, is. We had three under three at one point. Oh, and man. That's really? rough. But er, fortunately, you know, we're, we're doing all right now. Right. No, I definitely know how that is. We had two that were, uh, two, they're 21 months apart, and then we waited to have their sister. I don't know which one's, e- which way is easier to do it, but uh, three kids is a lot no matter what, that's for sure. Yeah, we had those twins, and my wife was like, hey. You want to take, <laughs> take care of things? I was like, you know what? You probably should. I can that. definitely do that. Hey, and on that note, man, always, always, one love from the right lane, baby.